My name is Gigi, and this is Red Tent Women, a podcast about women, for women, or anyone who wants to listen. In this space, we talk all things women. Join me on a journey to rediscovering the way we look at women. Let's rewrite the dialogue and change the world we live in for the better. One conversation at a time. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Red Tent Women. Women, (laughs) kind of ditched on the M in that one. Um, yeah, so this is actually a pretty exciting episode for me. Um, this is the first interview I conducted for this podcast and I wanted to start it off right. I was super, super nervous to do an interview. I'd never really done anything like this before. Um, so I knew I wanted it to be with someone who I felt very, very comfortable with, um, So I decided to do three someones I was very comfortable with. These are my gal pals. These are my tribe sisters. These are my soul sisters. This, these are what my women. Okay. So, um, I was very, very excited to do this episode. Um, not so much to kind of like discover new things about my friends. Um, because I feel like we have a pretty open relationship when it comes to communication. Um, my group of friends and, I don't really feel like there's anything truly held back. Um, Two of them I'll, you know, introduce. um, I'll introduce all of them in the beginning of the interview, but I just kind of wanted to come in and just do like a quick little chit chat, a little more in depth um, sort of explanation of who these women are. Two of them I've known since middle school. Um, I've been friends with them since I was um, 12 years old, I think is when I met them. Um, So we just celebrated our 12 year (laughs) anniversary together or we didn't really celebrate it, but we acknowledged it. We're like, oh my God, it's been 12 years. Um, And the third gal is um, a gal that kind of came in. I met her she was actually my boss. She was my supervisor. I met her at Coffee Bean when I lived um, in Southern California. And um, she was one of the first people that I befriended and that I met. Um, and right off the bat, like she had my back and and um, there were some like <laughs> things going on with some other supervisors um, that weren't really giving me the opportunities or the chance to, you know, improve as a barista or be on bar or any of that. Um, so she really stuck up for me when I finally put the foot down and, and said something. So that was really cool. And, and, you know, our meeting was a very, um, spiritual one. I think I'll do like a one-on-one interview with all three of these girls. Um, so you can kind of get a sense of our relationship a little bit more in depth. I think when we come into a group setting, we tend to kind of miss out on information or something because, you know, we're all talking to each other and wanting to say something and, and, you know, someone's saying something and it sparks another thing in somebody else. And so, you know, you don't always get to say what you want to say in a group setting, um, especially when it's a timed group setting. Now, normally when we get together, we're together for hours and we just spill everything and everything gets to come out and everybody gets to say what they need to say. Um, but because this was sort of more of a timed thing, uh, it was, it was more difficult for everybody to have the opportune moment to really speak their mind and and speak their truth and everything. So I definitely want to go back and have one-on-one interviews with these girls. Um, 
But as for this interview, I think it went great. Um, everyone was a little nervous in the beginning. So pardon me if you get a little annoyed of my kind of dominating the conversation or sort of leading it in a certain direction. Um, I just noticed that the girls were really nervous and, um, you know, I, I knew that I need, I, I kind of need to take the reins in a little bit and you say some things and sort of maybe spark something in, in, in the others. Um, so you'll notice that a lot of my kind of dominating the conversation, really driving it forward and, and all that kind of stuff. But rest assured, that is not our normal dynamic. Um, I'm lucky if I get a word in. <laughs> um, they're all very chatty, which is why, honestly, I think I'm such good friends with them because you know, I notice that my friendships where I feel like I'm dominating the conversation or I feel like I'm doing all the talking um, or I'm the only real opinionated one that's sharing those opinions, those relationships don't tend to really last for me because I really value other people's opinions and other people's backgrounds and other people's contributions to conversation. And um, yeah, and so these girls always contribute. <laughs> I I never, ever, ever feel like I am dominating because I am a big personality and especially when I'm comfortable with somebody. I'm shy when I'm first meeting people, but once I'm comfortable with somebody, I can be a very, you know, sort of dominant personality and I have opinions and, and I express those opinions. Um, and if I'm friends with somebody or even in a relationship with somebody where they can't match that, um, it's difficult for me to continue that relationship with that person because I, I, I feel kind of egotistical and self-centered in those situations because I'm carrying the conversation. Um, so please don't get annoyed with me in <laughs> this situation. I promise it's just this situation. Um, yeah, but I also wanted to say um, we primarily just kind of talk about BLM and current events um, in this interview. But with these girls, there is like honestly no no subject that is off limits <laughs> normally. Now the you know the mic was rolling and or the mic was on and um, Alyssa she explains in the podcast that she just got hired by her dream job and so she's kind of she's starting off her career and she's just a little nervous of, you know, how that can affect her, like what she says online, how, how that, how that can affect her career. So she's, she's playing it a little safe right now. So, um, we tried to keep, you know, the conversations as PG as we could. Um, but, uh, yeah, these girls are my ride or die. Like I can literally turn to them and ask them anything or talk about anything, you know, things that I might not be able to talk about with, you know, my mom or aunts or anything like that. Like, you know, these women are really like an open book for me. And um, so this conversation really wasn't for me to necessarily get more information on them. I've, I've known these women for years and years and years and years. And I, I know them like the back of my hand. I love them so passionately. <laughs> um, you know, I mean they would go to the ends of the earth for me and, and I for them. And, you know, it's a, it's a true, <clears throat> excuse me, what was that? It was like a hitch in my, <laughs> in my breath. Um, these, these women really are truly my tribe and my soul sisters. And, and it's such a healthy communicative relationship that I have. And, you know, it didn't happen overnight, you know, it took work and it took work finding women in my life that I wanted to keep. I mean, there was a huge weeding out process multiple times in my life where, you know, I am attracted to these personalities who seem great at first and, and amazing. And then, 
underlying there's problems and there's manipulations and there's lack of communication and we don't necessarily communicate the same and I think one of the biggest successes of relationships is that you guys both communicate in the same way um because there's different forms of communication um and that goes for any kind of relationship whether it be friendship familiar family um romantic you know name it if if you guys aren't compatible in the way you communicate sorry it's not really it's going to be a challenge i'll say it's not going to work out but it's definitely going to be a challenge um but for me i've i've had oops that just shifted i've had um so many relationships in my life where they were toxic relationships especially with women and I've had my share of toxic relationships with men as well but um you know women I I tend to open up more easily to women and sort of express and and you know let go of my heart and my soul and I expose it to women much more easily um there's more of a trust there for me with women than with men and you know when that trust is broken I really don't want anything to do with that woman you know now as an adult I'm I think I'm much more mature and I can look back and say you know I wish that person well you know I've hoped that they've grown up and and they've done great things for their life but personally I don't necessarily need or want them in my life um and I've had a weeding out process quite a few times in my life um and I've had best friends I've lost best friends and I've I've lost acquaintances and you know but that's okay you know people come and go and they serve their purpose and you know it's all part of your journey so if you are going through something hard and you're losing a friend don't worry it'll get better you know they served their purpose in your life and who knows they might come back into your life you know they they might have served a purpose at the moment and you know it grew stale or stagnant or whatever and, and they weren't serving a purpose or you weren't serving them a purpose and the relationship needed to fall apart in order for you know to someday come back together so all good things all good things um so yeah please please be very kind on these girls um if you aren't I will come after you <laughs> No, that's not the environment that I want to set, but I am very protective of these girls. Um, and I, I really do, don't want any mean or harshness or any sort of bad energy expressed towards them or, or sent to them. Um, so please just listen with open and kind hearts and minds. These are all women of different cultural and ethnic backgrounds, racial backgrounds. Um, so they're coming to the table with their own experiences from their own lens, um, which is a really beautiful thing and a definite, definitely a conversation worth having. Um, you know, I I think all of us have something to say and contribute and some more than others. I mean, white people, we certainly had our time. (laughs) So, you know, it's time to kind of pass on the mic to others. And and that's kind of part of this podcast is really giving the mic to women of all, all backgrounds and, and really giving them the opportunity to speak and express themselves. So with all that being said, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Enjoy my first interview. We were all a little bit nervous, as I said. Um, but yeah, I will catch you in the next one. Bye. Hello and welcome to another episode of Red Tent Women. I am extremely excited about this episode. I have been waiting for a few weeks to do this. We've been planning it. But this episode is with my three closest girlfriends, and I am so excited to introduce them. Um, These women are probably with 
including my sister, <laughs> are probably the most influential women in my life and um, make me feel better and boost me up and kind of are actually are the exact inspiration of what this podcast is and where it came from. So with further ado, first off, I have Dahlia to my left. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and then across from her, we have Alyssa. Hello. My, my longtime friend, Alyssa, and my longtime friend, Jamie. Hello. <laughs> They're all a little nervous because they've never recorded a podcast before, so hopefully we'll break into it. Um, but just to kind of give a little background on our meeting, I met Dolly about four years ago. Was a coworker, yep, right. um, technically my boss. Yeah. <laughs> and then Alyssa and Jamie, we met in middle school, and we've been friends. Mm-hmm. God, for 12, 13 years now. We oh, celebrated 11? the ten year at the tw- at my twenty second birthday oh, party. Oh, that was our ten year. Then it's been like twelve. It's been twelve oh, years. Twelve or thirteen. Oh, no, yeah, 10, 11. we've been friends for twelve years. <laughs> that makes me feel That's gross. Yeah, we grew we grew up together. <laughs> I watched your Snapchats heckle late, but when you were talking about the kid from Charter, the kid who watched oh, your right. pets, I was like. That's crazy. Yeah. And, like, I looked at, sorry, like, just totally already jumping in, but I found Mr. Facebook, and I'm just like, oh, his kids are so big. Really? His kids are so big. That would make sense. They're probably in, like, high school by now, right? Yeah. That's weird. Because they were in elementary school when when we were, because he used to have students babysit them. Like, Natalie would babysit. Did Mara ever babysit? I babysat. You did? I didn't know that. freaking crazy. Right. Oh, I didn't okay. know that because you didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Yeah, they were. Well, Mr. Or... Talk about how crazy they were. Like he would be saying, like he was he because they were adopted. I must not have heard that because that would have been a nice warning. Well, do you remember this story? It was when he was explaining like good parenting or whatever, and it had to do with our history lesson because you were in my history class. You were like sitting right in front of me that year. You don't remember you sitting in front of me? I feel like I only remember you in ensemble. Oh that hurts my heart. We had so many academic I classes together. Also in math, okay, calculus. And I don't <laughs> remember that. <laughs> you had to remind me. Because um, my fave. Whoa, 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 whoa. 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 What? Whoa. How old are they now? I have no idea. Wow. That? Yeah, so for some context, it's our history yeah, teacher is. Yeah, I'm like, it's <laughs> like doing the math in my head. Okay, I would have been like 17 or 18 when I last saw them. They were 6 and 8, I want to say. So they're so like that, teenagers. Oh my gosh, that is... Like 16? Weird. Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. Well, just for some context, so Mr was our American history teacher and he and his wife are a white couple but they adopted two black boys do you guys remember where they're from are they American or are they from another country I really don't remember I don't remember either I thought they were American but I'm not sure but I remember this you were it was it was history class where you sat in front of me (laughs) and Mr. was talking it had to do with the history lesson but I don't remember but I just remember this part of it and he was talking about um how difficult it is being a white parent to black children, especially if he and his wife are together. Because, like, if it's just him alone, you could assume, like, maybe his wife is black or something mm-hmm. like that. But when they're together, it's like, well, whose children are they? Mm-hmm. And there's kind of this stigma of, like, it's difficult to, um, like, m- basically parent your kids in public when you're not mm-hmm. the same ethnicity. Um, and he was just talking about, like, the challenges, the challenges of that. And I don't know why, but that just, like, really stuck with me and to this day. And it kind of, like, segues into, you know, the BLM movement today. And, like, we can talk about that, too. But, like, mm-hmm. um, like I've always, like, during this whole BLM thing, I'm, like, 
you know, I'm thinking about all the people that I know, you know, of like what they're going through and everything, because my experience on social media with what's happening is that like, thank God, like finally, like white people are like on the same page. Yeah, finally, finally, like we're talking about it, like all because supporting pro- it. Yeah, mm-hmm. all 50 yeah. states protested. Right, wow. right. Really- and that, that's like, like the first time in history that that's, that's happened because like. There's the BLM movement has been around since 2014. When um, who was the kid with the hoodie that got shot? What was his name? Trayvon Martin was that I him? So. Yeah. So Trayvon oh. Martin got shot, and like another one. it was around. Jamie's <laughs> <Please, laughs> got really bad mosquito bites and needs to get it under control. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you need lotion. What? Wasn't Malcolm X another one? Trayvon? Yeah, but that was back in the 70s. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Black Lives the Black Lives Matter like organization came about I think around 2014. I think it was around when we graduated. It was like that summer or something like that. Because I remember like and I talking about it because like I came from a different perspective. So like everybody knows I've I've already introduced myself as like this white 24 (laughs) year old female. Um, but in the group, I'm the only 100% white person in this group. Everybody else is of another mm-hmm. ethnicity or half of something else. Um, so I really am excited to get, like, your guys' perspectives on it because I obviously, my perspective is from a place of privilege. Um, and you guys, I'm sure, have experienced your own discrimination and, and things like that, right? Um, but, like, from my experience, from what I'm seeing, and, of course, I'm a white person talking right now, and I'll let you guys <laughs> talk. <laughs> but um, from what I've been seeing online is that what's happened is now that white people are kind of on the same page, now they're speaking for black people. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I have. Um, I have. And in an aggressive way, like, you're a black person, you should feel this way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I should feel the way I feel yeah. because it's my perspective yeah. and my That's reality. Yeah. Counterproductive. It is counterproductive. It, it is, yeah. and it's really frustrating. And unfortunately, it's kind of taken over cancel culture, which is another topic I want to talk yeah. about with you guys. Um, so, like, what are your perspectives? Like, what have you guys seen, and how, like, how do you feel about the movement, and how does it personally affect you, and and all that stuff? Who wants to go um, first? If I could, I don't know, like jump in. I guess. I I mean, from the moment Black Lives Matters. Um, the movement came about I supported it I understand like honestly I was one of those people at first I'm like hey but all lives matter like especially like early yeah, 2014 was I was like that's where I was at it in doesn't make sense like why are we yeah. doing this but then as research comes and as you learn and as you listen like I can probably say my perspective has changed <laughs> yeah and that I support black lives movement without a doubt a hundred percent um but as an Asian um, American who grew up in America. Um, I feel like I never really used my social media platform mm. to express that. Yeah. And recently, actually, someone from my old community called out that community that I was a part of. And it's a really small church community that got called out. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that happened. Um, yeah, it happened. And it was a predominantly Asian community, like my church was. Yeah. And she. She was a black person, and she called us out for it. She's like, I heard, I seen your silence, like when George Floyd. Is she um, part of the community, or is she someone from the outside? She was a part of our community. Oh, okay. But she left. Well, rightly so, like if she she's feeling that way. She left a ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she left before any of this Everything. happened. But right. she, I mean, it's been a my own personal battle. At first, I felt really, like, offended. Yeah. I was like, why are you calling us out, like, you it felt like a personal attack. You don't know our, like, 
<laughs> like low key, it was like we're Asian. Like this is just how we deal with things. Like mm-hmm. you can't come into our community. Like I felt like mm-hmm. kind of attacked. Like you came into our community and expected us to conform to what you think is right. And then I realized like that's very ignorant of me. Like yeah, that's like she was calling out in a way of like you were supposed to be for me. She's yeah. calling out things that actually were problematic mm-hmm. that the community didn't necessarily want to acknowledge. Yeah. Not necessarily that. It's a community, I guess. Like, we just don't... We you don't really think, think about it. About it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I cried a lot. <laughs> I felt really called out. Like, why did she not feel like I supported her? I was like, well, because I didn't say shit. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. say shit. That's why she didn't feel like I was supporting her. Because yeah. I wasn't. And, so, and and what's kind of come with this movement is silence is just as bad as mm-hmm. outwardly saying you're racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yeah. I think I like I know that's been something that's been said for years like silence taking silence is taking the side of the oppressor. Yeah. And I think that finally because I was called out like yeah. it clicked and I was like, "You know what? You're absolutely right." And yeah. I I personally didn't reach out and apologize because that's not my place anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, I just have to do. Like, I'm tired of speaking. I have to do. Right. So, yeah. Actions speak louder than words. So, yeah, for sure. Every day since that, like, I, I'm in this book club where we're reading The Hate You Give and, like, talking about these stories and, like, listening to the stories. I have done research. I changed who I follow on Instagram. I purposely yeah. make sure mm-hmm. I create an account for my profession that I follow the the black people in that community because what I've noticed that there's a lot of professional white people in that community mm-hmm. but I was like hey we're the people of color yeah. yeah and so I had to kind of dig deeper like you know on Instagram when you're like oh I'll follow this person who's in this hashtag and this person who's also following in this hashtag that relate to my interests. I had to dig a lot deeper. I'm like, Google search, who are the black people? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, why is it that hard? Why are they so under... I can search the web for that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that Alexa or Siri? Who was that? Or is it Google? Siri literally <laughs> wants to be in the podcast. <laughs> Siri's like, I'm a woman too. Can She's I be part of this? I have thought too. <laughs> Yeah. She wants to search the web for that, and I appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. <laughs> you know, feminist. <laughs> um, Maybe we should have turned off our phones. Oh. Eh. And mine's on silence. It should be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but also with that, I to this day I can't find another Asian person. Along with that, and yeah. it's kind of like, well, maybe I can be that person. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's cool. There's that. And on my personal Instagram, I, I'm constantly, I follow, like, um, black Instagram and history, mm-hmm. and I post it all up in my story. I'm constantly trying to be conscious of sharing that information. Yeah. And donating when I can. Yeah. And you're going to be an educator. So, yes. like, that's a huge thing, too. So, it's, it's, it, it, I'm sure that weight is on your shoulders of, like, okay, that's we're going through a massive change, and the change mm-hmm. needs to happen, and because I'm an educator, it's up to me to influence the next generation. Because I, personally, I feel like we were extremely lucky with our oh, education. Absolutely. Because we are in a country where education is falling apart, <laughs> and I think charters aren't helping the situation however with that being said what we do know about charters we all went to a charter the three of us 
and we had an extremely good education whereas if we had gone anywhere else we wouldn't have had that education and we were in a space where it was I felt from my perspective it was ethnically diverse I Mm -hmm. mean how do you guys feel about that for the most part yeah I think we could have had more black kids yeah for sure I was about to say and I think I saw someone post on Facebook just because I feel like out of the three of us who went to the same high school, like I yeah. follow most people from high school, um, yeah, someone posted. Media, so <laughs> someone posted like, "Who was your black? Te- who was your first black teacher?" And like, I don't think I of, had um, one. A lot of people from our school they commented and were like, "They were like, or who was your first black teacher in high school or something?" And a lot of them were just like, "We didn't have any." Holy no, crap. we didn't have yeah. any black instructors. Yeah. Um, all my instructors in, because we were a middle school slash high school. So mm-hmm. before that, I'd only ever gone to one other school. And my elementary school, it was all Mexican and white. So I had a huge, well, my own story, I haven't gone into that. But, <laughs> you know, I have a huge Mexican influence on my upbringing. Um, so my perspective often is from the Latina and the Latino community um, because of my upbringing and, mm-hmm. and how I was raised and the influences I had on my life with my teachers being Mexican, my friends, my uncle, who was the biggest advocate in my learning Spanish growing up and the reason why I went into a Spanish immersion and, you know, and like now with your family, Dahlia, yeah. of like, you know, your, your Mexican heritage and having, you know, your family as my second family kind of <laughs> still infiltrating that. And, you know, so I am a white person, but I, a lot of my perspective I think is, is influenced by the Mexican culture for sure. Um, but like what about what about you, Jamie? I mean, you're half white, so like Yeah, yeah. Where's I mean, technically I'm like okay, I was having this conversation the other day because my mom was like, You know you're white, right? And I was like, Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> like sometimes I'll be like, Yeah, like I'll talk about like how I'm Jewish and like my Israeli side, but it's like they're still white. Like you could like that can still be your ethnicity, but like your race is still but they Caucasian. Don't, it's still white. Caucasian, but they don't have, I think, the privileges it's not the, it's that like the weird. European white hmm. has. It's weird. Like We were looking it up on Google. But I have that on the other side. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's weird because, like, I don't know. I've, I always feel like that's its own thing. Like, I always feel like that's its own. Like, Middle Easterners aren't white, but then I guess, like, they are. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But, it's um, weird. yeah, so... And I'm not even fully Middle Eastern, so I can't even fully identify that way. So I feel like I've always been caught up in, like, what am I? Like, what mm-hmm. is my identity? Um, and I remember one time when I was applying for um, college applications, and I put that, like, I had um, a Middle Eastern, like, descent, because it asked for, like, your race or mm-hmm. something. My mom was like, oh, don't put that, because then they're going to, like, associate you with terrorists or something. And, like, that was my mom. And, like, she's not even Middle Eastern, but, like, you know, my dad is. And so I was, like... She was um, just concerned about your ability to get a job Yeah, she was, like, what if that, you know, causes you to get discrimination? And I was, like, but, like, come on. Like, you know, I was, like, it's 20 whatever the year was at the time. (laughs) A few years ago. It's 21st century. Come on. Oh, yeah. I was, like, why is that, like, something... I, I thought diversity was, like, celebrated now. Like, but, you know, like, in college, like, I feel like when you write, like, personal statements, like, you get you want to talk about, like, your diversity and your experiences because it sets you apart. But then I realized, like, that's not really the case for everybody. And that's also, like, my privilege speaking because it's, like, I always like talking about my, like, diversity in different things. But then it's, like, that's not always celebrated for people. So it's mm-hmm. not always something that 
you can like expect people to want to talk about like growing up I was so interested in like cultures and ethnicities and I would go around being like what's your ethnicity where are your parents from and then I like found out in college like oh that can be offensive well I think that was also our environment I feel like we all did that at charter I thought like it was a compliment like I think you're beautiful and I want to know where you're from but then I realized like oh people don't always like it when you're like where are you from because it sounds ignorant but I was always like you know taught to talk about that because I was like it's cool. Like, I want to know people's backgrounds. And and I feel like everybody at Charter always compared notes. Like, I'm Asian, but I'm specifically from Guam, <laughs> you know? Or, like, I'm I'm black, but because I did the research on where my black heritage comes from, and oh. it's Lebanon or, like, <laughs> yeah. Lebanese or, like, South Africa or whatever, you know? And it's, it's – I think it was just, like – because I felt the same way. Yeah. But, like, looking – back I realized Things have our like school was like yeah, that. Yeah that was our school yeah, that too. that was our school. Just yeah. the culture of it. And that's yeah. interesting too. We were I think like, that was a blessing and a curse though. Yeah. Because it, it offered us the ability to speak without worrying yeah. in the sense of like I mean now it's like you're constantly tiptoeing everybody and it's a good thing. It's good to be considerate but at the same time think of how much information we're losing out on learning because mm-hmm. we're tiptoeing. And I think at Charter, I don't know if it was set up by the instructors or whatever, but it was this environment of it was so ethnically diverse. And there were there were black people, I just think there could have been more. But yeah. it was so ethnically diverse. I mean, there was people from all over the world, you know, and you know, we had we had people who had the full-on headdresses and we mm-hmm. had people who were so open about talking about their heritage and talking about why they wore the headdresses and why they covered themselves it was up. So and, it really was and it was like cool to be different at our school like an like an educator and someone who like specialized in this now and being able to see it um that's what school culture is like the administrators and teachers are very intentional with setting school culture so when they interview teachers they listen for like oh what are you going to the how are you going to like what emphasis add are you going to into put on? our school yeah. if this is what we're focusing on? Mm-hmm. Like, because yeah. if you guys remember, we had the what is it, One World Project, yeah. One Voice, One Voice Project, yes. where we where connected, we had a sister like, school literally yeah. in China. Okay. Yeah, so, or the first one was Turkey, or, wasn't it? Oh my god, yeah, that one was great. <laughs> <laughs> Turkey was great. I wish I was one of the kids that got to go to Turkey for that, Ooh. but a bunch of the instructors got to go. Yes. They did. Oh, that was cool. It's really cool. Yeah, but like... And like, what is it? One of our teachers, they would travel to Rome every year with the seniors or something? No, that was... They would choose... She was part of the travel club. Travel club. And then they would choose the country. It was like... It wasn't... I felt like it was like every other year or something. It might have been every year, but I thought it was every other year. You guys have such good memories. I'm like remembering it as you say it, but I'm just like, what? What? What?" Yeah, it was. I know it was every other year because she would take the juniors and the seniors, Mm. so that you wouldn't miss out if you it was your off year. That's right. Kind of thing because she couldn't afford to go every year, and it took that long to save up for that trip. So it was every other year, and they would choose a different country. That's cool. And was the one that was like headlining. Headlining it, yeah. I think tag along. Yeah, go to a few of them. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Er, and was it Miss Green? Yeah. Sorry for the pickup, guys. <laughs> I'm picking up that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah, well, what about you, Dahlia? What's your perspective being... You're also half-white, you know, being half... Half-white, half-Mexican. Yeah. Um. So I find it interesting. GT kind of gave me a pretty good um, idea of why Black Lives Matter is way more important than just saying all lives matter because that's how I kind of thought 
for this whole time. I was like, all lives matter. You know, I, I agree that everybody should be um, treated equally and, um, you know, like, like n- nothing, nothing offensive should be, should be happening to anybody. I just right. feel like you need to just accept people with open arms. But she kind of ran me through why Black Lives Matter is is kind of the first step in accepting all lives matter because black lives have been persecuted and, and just, just, you know, enslaved for so many years and, and just, they have history. We have history going back and just like civil war. And we just have so much history with, um, keep going. (laughs) <laughs> no, sorry, I'm picking up you You pounding on the table. I'm like, yes, be passionate. No, I'm um, wanting to be passionate. I, just, I don't want to pick up that. <laughs> sorry, keep um, going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, but, know. But, just, but just how they have just been persecuted for so long and how, like, they're the first step. Once we get through, once we get equal rights for black lives, then we can go on to other people. You know, we can go on to... Um, you know, Latin American people or just people with um, Latina heritage, you know, we can, we can or get even Native rights. Americans. Or even you could Native argue American, have been oppressed yeah. the longest in this country. Exactly. You know? Um, so I think that they are the, like, if we don't stand up for Black Lives Matter, then we can't stand up for anybody else. Yeah. Like, they That's are true. the first. Yeah. He's snapping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, college. I think. I remember that in college when I was like, yes. but yeah my my very first memory of just being discriminated against was um back in oh gosh I was so young because you you don't look Mexican you look Middle Eastern I well I look Middle Eastern I could look white I could look you don't look white at all I don't know your hair and your you're an exotic you look very exotic (laughs) like racially ambiguous yeah I like, when it's I first met you, I thought you were Middle Eastern. Yeah, but back yeah. when I was little, I would celebrate being Mexican. I yeah. remember being in elementary school, and and I went to a lot of elementary schools when I was younger because I moved around a lot. But I remember in every single elementary school I went to, um, I was like, yeah, I'm Mexican, yay! Like, like I have heritage, I go to Chicago, and I speak There's with culture. my grandparents. There yeah. was culture. And then I went to my last elementary school, Actually, my second to my last elementary school, and I got spit on. Oh. Um, and they wow. called me a wetback. And only recently have I ever heard that. And I was I like, hey, Bobby, like, what does wetback mean? And he was like, you don't know what that means? You're Mexican. And I was like, yeah, but what does it mean? But like, it's never it been mean? used against you before, so you've never yeah. been exposed yeah. to it. So he's like, we know because you're always working on a farm. You have wet backs. You're sweaty. You're, you're working hard. Oh and I was like, I never heard like, that I've before. Heard that before. Yeah. yeah. And I was either. like, what? And he was like, you've never heard that before? I was like, yeah, when I was younger. But I mean, it's been years. Like, it's been years. I kind of forgot about it until I heard it again. Yeah. And I can't even remember how I heard it. I, it just, like, popped up in my head. And I asked my dad. And I, I didn't tell him why I had heard it when I was younger. Because my dad is the white one. My mom is the Mexican. And so he never really, he doesn't really understand a lot of, of my culture and why my Mexican family does the things that they do. Mm. So he has a lot of opinions and just, he's kind of not biased, but I mean, yeah, no. He's a he, little ignorant. He's a little ignorant yeah. on why I do the things that I do because I have learned, you know, from my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
that's that's always the hard part why I can't mesh well with my dad because he doesn't understand my points of view sometimes from his you know white perspective white perspective yes and privilege yeah 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 so. and I think the problem is there's a lot of a lot of white people which is thank god you know coming to light and people are finally acknowledging it but white people don't realize the privilege that they have yeah it is a huge privilege especially in this country to be white. I mean, you don't experience discrimination against getting a job. You don't experience discrimination against pretty much most things. You're not going to get shot by a police officer because of the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be choked to death because of the color of your skin. Um, Hell, I don't even really ever get pulled over. The only time I got pulled over was when we were at the college and I did an illegal U-turn. And all I did was say, I'm so sorry, I'm lost, and they let me go. And... Granted, I don't remember what race the the cop was, not that it matters, but, um, you know, like, anytime, I'm a white girl who is young, who drives a Prius, like, you know, I get off the hook with a lot of stuff when it comes to speeding and, Mm -hmm. like, I don't even think they even target my car. (laughs) Like, I drive 80 all the time, which is not safe, but, like... I'm aware of (laughs) the privilege. I'm aware of it. And, you know, starting off, you know, I, we, I mean, there was a girl we went to school with, the the three of us, and she became one of my best friends, and she was a black girl. And we went to college together, and we took a um, Minorities in America class. It was a sociology Mm -hmm. class. And I never thought of myself as racist or ignorant or anything like that because I was so... I mean, I used to say I hate white people. Do you remember when I would say that? (laughs) I was always so confused. I was like, but Gigi, like... You are white. You're white, right? And she was like, yeah, no, I mean, like, I just... But I hate them. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Because right. we, were, we were learning history and we were learning about the terrible things that white mm-hmm. man has done. And it would just make me so frustrated because I've always, I've always felt so empathetic towards people who are put down or who are, you know, put as less than or treated as less than, you know. And I was very aware of not necessarily privilege. I never thought of it that way, but of the bad shit that white people have done throughout Mm. history, especially in this country, starting with the Native Americans into slavery and into segregation and everything else and lynching and all that other stuff. Mm. Like, how could I possibly like white people when we've done all this terrible stuff? And, of course, I was a kid, and, you know, there was definite growth that needed to happen, and I said some really ignorant shit, like, I don't see color, and, Mm. you know, at the time, I thought I was expressing myself how I felt, But now, after educating myself for the last... When did I take that sociology class? I think it was like freshman or sophomore year of college. So I was like 18 or 19 when we took that class. And it just opened my eyes to things because, you know, she and I would talk about race and things like that because it was so prevalent in her world, in her life, because she was a black girl. Um, But to me, it was like, well, I I feel empathy towards you and that that hurts me that you experienced that, but I don't really know what you're talking about because I'm not seeing it. I'm not experiencing Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And and we took that sociology class and the, the professor was black. She was half black, half white. And the, the thing that really turned me around, so that was when the BLM movement was really, like, taking off. Like, it had been around for about a year or two at that point, and it was really taking off. And I was one of the people in the class where I was like, well, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the issue with this? Like, why are we saying only black lives matter? And it was, it was the friend who turned to me, and she was like, Gigi, 
think of it as this way. Think of it as saying Black Lives Matter too. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like it just clicked. Yeah. And I understood it. I still didn't agree with it at that point, but I understood it. And I was like, oh, okay. And we had debates in class about, you know, all lives versus black lives. And, like, and eventually by the end of the semester, all of us were on the same page of, like, no, black lives matter. We get it. We've talked mm-hmm. about it. And it was really great that we had a half black instructor who yeah. didn't even look half white. She looked full black. Yeah. Um, teaching us these things. And what really made it click for me in understanding, it's so random, but it really clicked for me. So she always had beautiful natural hair and like these big fros and braids and just did really fun, crazy things yeah. with it. And I loved it. I was like, I'm all for this. You were the coolest looking freaking <laughs> instructor. You kind of look like a hippie with the way you dress and you have this big natural fro. And I was just like, I'm living for it. I love it. It's beautiful. And she came to, to class one day in very professional looking garb and straight hair. And I was like, okay, you do you, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to comment on it. I don't prefer it, but again, it doesn't matter what I think. You're living your life. But then she, she started the class. She said, okay, guys, how do, you, how do you feel about how I look? And we were like, I didn't say anything. I was too nervous to raise my hand. <laughs> but my friend, she raised her hand, and she was like, why did you straighten your hair? And, and she's like, okay, good question, valid, valid, just like anybody else. And she kind of went around, and then we talked about it. And she revealed the information. She says, I am um, applying for tenure. And my career counselor told me that I cannot show up to the interview in my natural hair. Dressing the way I do because I won't get tenured. Um, And she said, my my career counselor isn't the one being racist. She's telling me. Being practical. She's being practical. She's saying, if you want tenure, you need to straighten your hair. And I Even became she's been a devoted professor there for exactly, years. Exactly. Like, exactly. Changed? Oh, your hair is straight. Okay, great. Like what? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's and horrible. I was so mad. And like again, it doesn't really matter how I felt in that situation because I'm from a place of privilege, and it just it just suddenly clicked why Black Lives Matter. That that small little thing. She wasn't being her life wasn't in danger. She wasn't being threatened. Nothing like that. She was simply told, if you want to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. you need to straighten your hair and dress more professionally. And what does more professionally mean? I thought she dressed pretty professionally before, but she had character and she wore a lot of color. Yeah. And <laughs> she, It wasn't like she was wearing ripped jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? She yeah. wore jewelry. She was put together nicely but she wasn't, quote unquote, looking like the professional woman in the sense of like the suit. She wasn't and the, conforming to what white people feel as comfortable. Exactly. As professional. Exactly. But she looked mm-hmm. still professional. Yeah, put together. Right. She looked put together. So I was just like, oh, I get it. I, <laughs> I, f- I finally fucking get it. Like, I get it. And from that point on, I was so aware of my privilege, like hyper aware. And anytime I got the chance, I was like yelling at white people, like, well, you don't know your privilege. You don't know your, even my parents who are like the most, like, they're not the most aware. They are boomers and boomers have played, have, have room for growth, but for (laughs) their age group, they're pretty woke in the sense of race and understanding things. Yeah. And like. I'm just like I'm yelling at them <laughs> like you don't know your privilege and and my parents are like yes we do know our privilege <laughs> like what are you going on about like I was so angry and just lashing out and like I can imagine you know being the white person talking right now I can imagine how the black community is feeling when 
people like me come in and speak for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm telling my story from my perspective, but I'm not telling the audience, you know, who's listening, if they're people of color, how they should be feeling. And that's kind of what I'm seeing on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, what are you guys, what are you guys seeing in, on social media and like your perspectives and. I feel like I'm lucky enough where, I mean, I feel like on Instagram especially, because I feel like it's the platform I use the most, is I follow a lot of people who think the same as me, Mm -hmm. but also um, they bring out good points that make me grow. So they Mm -hmm. think the same as me, but then they also bring out more information for me to grow and me to learn. Mm -hmm. So I'm really thankful for that. But, so luckily what I've been seeing is those people telling the white people to shut up, you know? Yeah. Telling them to, like, if you're going to go to rallies, don't freaking, like, destroy stores. You're not there. I've been seeing that, too. You're not there to to fuel your teen angstiness anymore. (laughs) You're there to be shield to the black people. To let them speak your voice. So I've been seeing a lot of, like, white people shut the fuck up. Asian American Mm -hmm. people step up. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. that for me, especially the Asian American people step up because again, that's who I follow, that's who I am, so that's my interest, that's who I connect with. I don't with. think anyone should be silenced right now, but what I do think, because silencing someone can well, get dangerous, yeah. Yeah. what I do think though is that white people need to stop speaking <laughs> for people of color. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think maybe not silence. And I don't know if this is controversial, but, like, we've listened to white people. Yes. I'm sorry, but we have. For so hun- thousands of just, years. Like, I think they could shut up for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. No, so and true. Like, yeah. And also, like, don't do things at those events or protests that, like, reflect yeah. then on the, the black, black community, community when that's not what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's not. Listen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I saw somebody um, posting about that. I think it was, like, a black woman. And she was saying, like, if people think that, like, looting and getting violent and doing all of these things is, like, helping the black community, then you're very wrong because, like, that's taking away from what, you know, people are trying to do. And, like, that's also speaking for people, but that's, like, what she was saying. And it's, like, so I feel like people also need to, like, put their ego at the door Mm, and be, like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this so that I can get out, like, this, like aggression and just be like yeah like blah blah or is it like I'm going to like how you said like be a shield and support and really be like an advocate and an ally for people Mm -hmm. in that community so Mm -hmm. yeah I thought that was interesting but I don't really have social media so I don't really see (laughs) like that many things honestly um I mean I, I hear about things and I see them but just not in the same way I just yeah I don't you're getting it mostly from the news maybe the news are like, you know, other platforms, but not so much. Like, I watch a lot of YouTube, and I watch the yeah, news okay. and, like, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But, I mean, like, I don't have Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. And Does Nick have social media? Is he kind of filling you in on what's going on? Um, He, I don't know if, if a lot of people that he's following have been posting anything different than, like, what we've been kind of mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. seeing or talking about. But, um. Yeah, I mean, we've pretty much just been kind of saying the same thing. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just. It's about damn time. Yeah. yeah. And it's just unfortunate that people still have to be, like, getting, you know, brutally murdered or, you know, things have to keep happening. In 2020, still, this is happening for mm-hmm. us to be like, oh, yeah, like, we're still not very, you know, like, 
aware of this and it's like oh my gosh like we still have so much work to do yeah well that's kind of what I was telling Dahlia earlier is it's something I've I've kind of been thinking about a lot and it's true you can't see clarity until there's chaos yeah you know and what's been happening is that it's not that we don't know it's happening yeah that's true it's that Mm -hmm. we've been sweeping it under the rug Mm -hmm. sweeping it under the rug sweeping it under the rug don't want to deal with it, don't want to talk about it, don't want to see it. And black people are like, that doesn't make it stop. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean it's not happening. It means you're choosing, you're making like, the choice mm-hmm. Did you guys, to I, ignore it. Did you guys watch Trevor Noah? Yeah. Trevor yeah, The Daily Show. Like, yeah. He, he, he made a video when the protests did. About the contract? No. Oh, that when one was really good. When the protests started first coming out, he mentioned, like, um, this isn't just, like, about George Floyd. We're like, okay, we can keep sweeping it under the rug, pretend like it's not really there, but that one video of that one woman calling the police while holding her dog, did you mm. guys see that Oh, one? yeah, 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 and yeah. She was, she was like, like, choking oh, the dog. But then she's calling the police, oh, this black man's attacking me, attacking me. Yeah. And it sh- But he was he was just like, hey, your dog needs to be on a leash. Yeah. That's all he was doing. Oh, yeah, that's I didn't right. see that. Yeah, one. I did see that. But you haven't seen that video? Was, uh-uh. It's It's, it's hard, hard to watch. It's, it really is. <gasps> it's hard but to watch. But she's calling him like, he's assaulting me, come quick. But that, he, Trevor Noah, this is, tre- like, a summary of Trevor Noah's words, like, that shows that we know it's a thing. White people know how to utilize the police yep. to get on their side to hurt black Because by her yeah. saying, an African-American mm-hmm. man is assaulting me, she's therefore admitting, I know my privilege. Because mm-hmm. why mention if he's African-American if you aren't aware of your privilege? Mm-hmm. Why isn't he just a man? So, like, okay, we can sweep it under the rug, but white people, we all know that this is a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he made that point, and I was just like, damn, that's so... Yeah. Have you that's guys true. seen that video? You, mm-hmm. Dahlia? I've heard of it. I don't think I've watched it, but I've heard of that video. Yeah. I haven't. It's disappointing. I'll have to show it to you. It's, it's hard to watch because it, in the midst of all of it, She's also She's choking, choking her, her dog. dog. Did the dog die? No. No, but the dog but the got dog taken away. <laughs> oh, good. Because yeah. she's, like, holding her dog oh by the by collar. By the collar. And yeah. it's, like, trying to run towards the man because it's, like, trying to get away from her because she's choking him. Yes. And all the guy is saying, and he, he posted it on his Facebook, and, and um, I read his post that he posted. Because the video was on YouTube, and then someone had taken what he had written on Facebook and then put it in the description of the YouTube video. Mm. And so I read what he had written, and basically, from his perspective, he was, like, I turned the cameras on as soon as, like, I warned her. I was like, well, if you're not going to do something you don't want to do that I, that, or you're not going to do something that I would appreciate and that I like, then I'm going to do something that you don't appreciate and I'm going to turn on my camera. And she was like, don't turn on the camera. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call the police. And that's when he turned the camera on. Because um, he basically was just like, this is, this is it's a. It's the rule of the park. It's the rule of the park <laughs> because it's, it's, he's a bird watcher. Yeah. And there's certain birds that live in that part of Central Park. Um, that's a sanctuary for them. And so that's why there's that rule that dogs need to be on a leash. And he's there trying to enjoy the nature and the birds. His hobbies. His hobby. And he's like, hey, like, can you... And he says that he he does it all the time. He does it all the time to put them on there, to put their dogs on their leash. I remember reading that. Yeah, and and she just, like, made this big deal about it. And, like, that's the video that we know. I'll have to show it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. But kind of as a segue... Um, something that is happening because of this movement, and I don't, I don't want to say because of, it's being influenced tremendously. It's all, it's been there for a while, but cancel culture, um, 
like what are your guys' views on cancel culture? Do you think it's it's getting too far? Do you think it's getting too ridiculous? Do you think it needs to happen? You know, what are what are your stances on cancel culture? And well, I think it's just getting a little too People are so sensitive right now because of a lot of things, mm. but I think cancel culture is kind of like taking an extra step. They're kind of like, "Oh, we need to take down videos from from people who have mentioned things years and years mm. and years and years and years ago. Like they did things back when they were like youngins in yeah. their teens, yeah. you know, and they have we're grown all dumb and they in have our teens. Yeah. Like, exactly. we've all done stupid shit in our teens and and I will be the first person to say like the whole thing that I said earlier, I don't see color like clearly that's not what I meant. Yeah. I see color, but I I but now I see the beauty yeah. in the differences of, of color, you know, and like we've all said Dumb, yeah. stupid shit. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, like, it's, it's you know, like, oh, yeah, that was bad. I shouldn't have said that. Okay, but these people are getting, like, hate berated. Yeah. Like, the, and these are, like, good people, some of them. Like, some of these YouTubers. Like, getting, Jenna Marbles. <laughs> Jenna Marbles, Colleen Ballinger had yeah. to yeah. apologize. I mean, these are some really No, people. Jenna Marbles got canceled. Really? Oh yeah, she did you hear about that? Show. Well, she I thought she voluntarily <gasps> yeah. canceled. She did because that. she was feeling the pressure well, yeah. of canceled. Like and people were telling her she needs to get canceled and she for just what? was like <sighs> Okay. We don't have to get all No, it. it it's important to me. I mean, we all know Jenna Marbles is my favorite YouTuber. Um I think it's dangerous to cancel someone like Jenna. She has apologized in the past for her past behavior already. And Unlike many other YouTubers who has done that, she has clearly shown growth and not repeated Mm -hmm. that behavior. There are so many times when I see YouTubers do stupid shit, apologize for it, and then continue Mm -hmm. to do the same Mm -hmm. stupid shit. Mm -hmm. And Jenna has done stupid shit, apologized for it, and then made the change and And grows from it. Yeah, because you're not born perfect. Mm Because if you were, then why the fuck are we alive and why Mm -hmm. are we living? We're here to grow and change and learn. It's a journey. Yeah, and the argument that I keep hearing is like, okay, so if we start with this cancel culture, we're basically telling people you don't get a chance to like grow and show that you are learning. And it's like, isn't the whole point to like make people realize and then have them come together to make a better community Mm -hmm. but then if you're kicking them out of the community it's (laughs) like okay great so you're just then making them have to like get you know punished forever when they are actively trying to be advocates what's so scary about it is someone like jenna who is the epitome the the perfect example of someone who can grow and who can change and who can learn from their mistakes what you're telling other white people by canceling someone mm-hmm. like that is don't even try mm-hmm. because there's no point. And how are we going to inflict change in the world if we're telling the white people that have been the oppressors, don't even try? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what change is that going to spark? What positive change, mm-hmm. I should say, is that going to spark? Like I was about to say, like imagine in a classroom, like, oh, this kid made one mistake. You're out. Yeah. yeah. Right. What are they going to learn? You can't go to school. You can't go to yeah. school. Sorry. Like, yeah. there's reform yeah. and change now. We, it's really difficult not difficult but we I feel like as teachers have learned to not send kids out of the classroom like before I feel like get out like if you make one mistake just get out it doesn't because do you anything. don't learn yeah. you're you're feeling segregated you're feeling alone you mm-hmm. feel like you have no more support and you the shut way, down yeah. yeah and you get cynical yeah. the way that we support these children who may have misspoken and misbehaved is we treat them with compassion we teach them okay so you don't do this, but you tell them this is what you do. You lay mm-hmm. them out. Like, I also understand it's not um, 
a black person's role to teach because they already have so much on their shoulders mm-hmm. and that but I mean like as children as a society I think it's more so like yeah. at this point we have the internet and there's so much information yeah. out there yeah. that's been out there it's for like years a societal lesson at this right point. that the black community they don't need to educate us anymore yeah. they no, have done everything done. they possibly mm-hmm. can to educate us they're done the information's out there yes. it's not on them it's up it's, to us mm-hmm. to educate e- each other exactly and maybe turn to them and be like are we are we doing this right? Are we doing this correctly? Correct me if I'm wrong. But don't sit there and teach mm-hmm. me. And what cancel culture is saying is like, okay, so here's what you need to know, but don't <laughs> implement it on your huge platform for right. everyone else to be influenced. Right. Yeah. Just take it away instead. So you have no way to like spread this word and inspire other people, exactly. other white people or people in general. It's just like that's taking away a major platform. And I think cancel culture is lazy. It oh, is lazy. Yeah. I like, never oh, thought of it that done. way. You're done. You're done. And oh, you know what? Easy. Oh, I'm not going to... Easy. I'm not going to even try to, like... Well, here's one thing. Um, do you guys think it's okay to separate an artist from the bad things they've done? So, for example, um, Bill Cosby, like, with everything oh. he's done. Do you think... And there are so many other celebrities as well that are mm-hmm. coming out of the woodworks. Do you think we should ignore the art, the amazing art that they've contributed um and you know acknowledge maybe that they're shit shitty person and they've done shitty things but still enjoy the art or do you think that the artist is the art and that their art should be canceled as well if they've done something as bad as you know raping yeah. children like Michael Jackson yeah. or you know the me too movement with Bill Cosby and Jeffrey Epstein and you know all of them what do you think about that Andrew and I literally were just talking about this yesterday because mm. on Twitch I think the Me Too movement is having, like, a revival. I don't really know much. I just heard it from Andrew. <laughs> but he said, he, he kept saying, like, oh, man, one of my favorite streamers is on there. Man, I really liked his videos. I'm like, okay, but he literally, like, he 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 had accusations against him. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? He's like, Ugh, I know he's bad, but, man. And I just, part of me, every time I heard him say, like, I know he's bad, but I'm like, you're... Part of me like understood, Didn't but part like, of me Louis also CK like as well. And Louis C.K. was 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 another accused. One. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, Louis C.K. did. But every time he said like, "But man, I really liked his videos." Part of me just like felt like icky, like yeah. Hmm. So what? Like I feel icky like, that I still so like Michael what? Jackson music. I know, and I still appreciate his art, I, but I feel icky for for feeling that way. I feel like because this might be a stretch, but I feel like because our country is like founded on freedom of speech, freedom of expression, Mm -hmm. people should be able to take part in whatever art they want to, but I think it's, like, a personal choice. Like, I know people that still like Bill Cosby, even though all of the accusations and, well, they were true, but, (laughs) I mean, um, I personally don't think I could watch the Cosby show ever again, just because, like, I could not be able to separate it, but that's me personally. Especially because some mm -hmm. of the rape victims were on the show. Yeah, and and to me, that's just too icky for me to, like, to not it's hard separate to separate it. it. But I could understand, like, on some, like, for some things, if, like, things that, like, Colleen Ballinger said at 13 years old, like, I can separate that. Because well, I think that's different. Th- yeah, yeah, they've mm-hmm. made exponential growth. Um, 
But, like, there's some I can't. And I just feel like that's a personal choice. I would it also never... depends on the crime, too. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. some are way worse Like, we were saying, than... like, we say stupid shit all the time when we're teenagers. <laughs> yeah. But if you, like, constantly rape children. Right. Yeah. Oh God, or minors. Or even just women. Yeah. Right. Well, anyone yeah. in general. <laughs> like, if you're just it's a just shitty and, person. And I feel like if you sing along to, like... A Michael Jackson song, and someone's like, "Oh, you support child like molestation." Right. Like, oh, um, but then if it's like they're my idol, I want to yeah. be everything uh-huh. they were. It's like, ooh, yikesies. Like, right. You know? That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, like there's a balance. I feel yeah. like music is a little bit easier yeah. to separate mm-hmm. than acting like art. because you're not seeing well, especially them. Especially the Cosby Show. I mean, that was all about like family values, yeah. wholesome, right. and like that yeah. was such double a like. like yeah. So bad. Double, double the last person you would think of to Did do Did you guys that. know that the first time he was accused in court was way back in 2005? I did not know that. <sighs> yeah. You told me that. And it was by the girl <laughs> who eventually got him in prison. She had to, she, she tried to, eventually it went into like a, a civil court um, and he ended up paying her because she won a lawsuit because she didn't have enough evidence mm. to prove that he had raped her. Um, so then the only thing she could get him on was, okay, then I'll sue you. And I think she won or something like that. Um, but it wasn't good enough because then all of a sudden, you know, a few years later, women start coming out like crazy. And she's like, okay, let's open up this case again because she's like, I'm not done. Suing is not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a podcast about it. Um, what is it called? I was listening to it the last time you were here. It's a short <laughs> podcast. It's only a few episodes. Um, I'll have to look it up and tell you guys later. But there's, like, an amazing podcast. Um, and it's hosted and made by the uh, woman who pretty much was the only journalist since the first conviction back in 2005 that took the side of the women and was, like, defending them to the death and would go on the news and t- and defend them and defend them and defend them and 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 she was a journalist and a lot of you know the research she did um would be pushed aside and like it's not you know she's not a good journalist and she's doing all the correct things to be a good yeah. journalist mm. you know and it's like because society we do live in a chauvinistic patriarchal society and because that patriarchal society didn't like that you know a man was a man of power was being brought down then you're not a good journalist especially because you're a woman Mm. you know but yeah that was something i was thinking about because i i listened to a guy by the name of pierre zo he's vietnamese but he was raised in america and then moved to prague because he just hates american culture (laughs) that's basically why he says yeah to prague is because he just can't stand american culture um and he was talking about you know, where do we separate the criminal, the crime, and the art? That's such wow. a good question, though. Yeah. It's really difficult. Because it's, it's like sometimes I make exceptions and sometimes I don't. Bill Cosby, I don't make the exception. Yeah. And I mm. think, Jamie, you were you made a really valid point that it's because it was this wholesome. Like, he was America's, America's dad. Yeah. He, really? Yeah. yeah. It, like, that one hurt. Like, yeah. Like, ooh. Like, I, it took me a long time to come around to it. I didn't yeah. want to believe it. Yeah. It's still really hard to believe. I mean, I yeah. believe it, but it's yeah. like, oof, that's rough. Like, I, yeah. that's really, yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, his character seemed like who he was, so I was just like, oh, wow, he's such a great guy. Like, yeah. such a family man, you know? And, like, it's just, yeah, nobody's... Because it felt like he wasn't playing a character on the Bill Cosby show, because outside mm-hmm. of the show, mm-hmm. when you would see him 
you know, doing his stand-up or in an interview. Yeah. He was Bill Cosby, the show Bill Cosby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it didn't feel like, it just felt like he was playing himself on a show about a family. But yeah. it's interesting because I think of, like, Louis C.K. And, like, I liked his stand-up a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I found out about, like, what happened with him. And I was like, that's disturbing. But I never mm-hmm. really identified with Louis C.K. as being, like, this perfect person (laughs) because of his comedy so it wasn't as much of like a (gasps) like I mean it's horrible don't get me wrong like it's not excusable but it's like it wasn't like oh my goodness like everything I know is shattered it's like all right I mean (laughs) I'm not gonna support him but you know know, it didn't hurt as bad it's different yeah it's not different in terms of like how bad it is but it's it's how you look at different things like I don't take comedians as seriously as I do certain people in certain yeah. roles because mm. it's like well some comedians I do take seriously but sometimes depending on their material like it's just they're in their own niche yeah. I guess yeah. I feel like you can separate I, a but I think there it. is something with acting I feel like many of the people who are actors who have been involved in scandal cancel culture is like done yeah like you're done that's it but with like Michael Jackson, I still hear his music on the radio. Yeah. You know, and there's like other Jimmy Fallon. Like yeah. that yeah. one was interesting too. I didn't hear Jimmy about Fallon. Fallon. I didn't hear Fallon, yeah. I thought he had to Yeah, it was Jimmy Fallon. I thought he had to apologize because he did a skit like a long time ago when he did blackface yes. for it or something. I do remember this. Yeah. yeah. This was actually Yeah. I think um yeah. I did hear about that, which like I thought was like Apologies are great. But also, so is growth. Yeah. But also, like... Apologies are necessary, but they're only a real apology when you prove growth. Yeah, yeah. I just... I hate... Like, I think I watched... There was a TikTok that I saw, and he... It was so gross. But he was just like, oh, like, I heard about all the Black Lives Movement and all the race... Or the the riots. And you know what I say? He brought out his gun. He's like, I wish, a, I wish an N-word would. And I was just like... And then he, like, the video after was like, guys, I'm so sorry. The words I said were hurtful. And, you know, like, I believe, like, lives matter. Like, he was tiptoeing around it. And I was just like, that's disgusting. Like, for that, like, shit like that, I just... Well, that was... So, I think for me, the difference is because the reason why Jenna Marbles is in so much trouble is because she did blackface of Nicki Minaj. Um, way back in, like, 2011. I hate mm-hmm. the way backs. Like, I get the receipts. Yeah. And yeah. I get, mm-hmm. like... But it's like, they dig some of these things up. Exactly. Like, they some do. Some of them were not even on their accounts anymore yeah. at all. Oh, like, she took those videos. Yeah, she, it was a Chinese one that she she did that was, like, really racist for a Chinese. She was depicting a Chinese guy, and she said some racist shit. Because, um, you know, she used those comedy sketches. And then the other one was the blackface Nicki Minaj. Well, also, like... Okay, like I'm I'm rewatching The Office right now. Me too. And I thought that show. I love that show. I that love show, that show. Though, it's, like, it's really good. It's satirical, right? Like yeah. obviously nobody on that show. Well, I, I hope nobody on that show <laughs> actually <laughs> like believes some of the things they say. Like yeah. the main character, he's really like you know he's ignorant to a lot of things mm. and says things. But that show, I don't think would have ever been able to come out now. And no, it's, I don't no, think so. Yeah. So do we cancel it? Because it came out at some but point. But it was so very clear, at least to me, the show was making fun of those kinds of people. I mean, that's what yeah. I got. But do, does anybody remember the sketch with, like, that guy Stuart, that character? And he would, he would um, like, kind of make fun of different 
like people because he would act like he had special needs and then he would make fun of people of different races and be like saying different things and it was supposed to be funny because it's like oh my god that's also awful like blah 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 but it's like nowadays I feel like you have to be careful even with your satire yeah it can still be misconstrued if you don't know that's the point and even if you do it can still be like "Ooh, this is funny to people like I don't know it just really depends but it's like do we cancel those things for coming out at a time when like that was an ignorant you know it's like Mm -hmm. if they know now that that's not what you should be doing I don't know but I feel like like I mean I've seen it like with Warner Brothers, I think especially, like, before their cartoons, they would have a disclaimer. This came out of a time where... Oh, I've never seen uh, that. I've never seen that. It, on some of their, like, Looney Tunes, I think. It was yeah. like, this came out of a time where this wow. was acceptable. That doesn't mean that it is acceptable or was ever supposed yeah. to be well, acceptable. That's, and I think Songs of the South, I kind of defend it in the sense of it is a place for education. I don't think it should be on Disney+. Plus. I don't think it should no. be easily... Accessible. Accessible. Yeah. However, maybe it, it should, should be, be really put, prefaced. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should be put in a museum where yeah. you can go to this museum and learn about the movie and learn. Like, it's the same thing with the statues. I don't think the statues should be torn down, especially the ones of the founders. Now they're turning from, from the southern statues, the Confederate statues, which shouldn't have been put up in the fucking first place because they weren't put up during the Confederacy. They were put up years yeah. later. And you're... It's, regardless of what the war was about, just just think about it from this perspective. Why are we idealizing basically treason? Because they tried to secede from the <laughs> Union. Like, any other war, America would not be putting up our enemies' statues and glorification. That doesn't make any freaking sense. And then you add on the fact that it was about the the Civil War, which was revolved around slavery and the abolition of slavery, which makes it even fucking worse, you know? And it's like, yes, those statues need to be taken down. However, you know, from the perspective of someone who lived in Germany and how they handled the Holocaust, Mm -hmm. those statues should not be erased. They need to be put into a museum. We need to be taught. They need to be in our education. I mean, you look at the Holocaust, and the reason why I, to this day, will say that nothing like that will ever happen again in Germany is because of how Germany handled the aftermath. Mm-hmm. They could have easily destroyed all of the evidence because the Germans mm-hmm. took records on every little thing, down to the Jew who got their tooth pulled out on Tuesday, December 3rd. You know, like, shit like that in 1939. Like, they recorded every little thing, and they could have easily destroyed everything, torn down the concentration camps, destroyed all the records, destroyed all the evidence, and they didn't. They turned them into museums, they saved the information, and they teach it to every single kid in school. nobody wants that history no. to, like, repeat itself. No. And, and that's, like, imagine tragic. if they did. That That's exactly the replica of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. We're going through an age nice of forgetfulness. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if we start to forget, that's how history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. And that's what's what well, that's what's always said, you know, in in high school, he, the whole thing, like he started off his class. Why do we learn history? Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the year, we learned we learn history because history repeats itself. It's yeah. so important to understand history so that we can prevent bad things from happening again. Mm-hmm. And if we tear down these statues and destroy them and don't save them and preserve them and put them in museums responsibly Mm -hmm. then we're going to lose all that history and by tearing down the founder statues okay yes this country is founded on slavery you can erase that that's a fact if we're so worried about how 
the black people are depicted in statues, then put it in a museum and let's talk about it. It's so dangerous to erase history mm -hmm. because guess what? If we do, it's going to happen again. You know, and it's, it's, it, that is a scarier thought than preserving something that represents something bad. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying keep the statues up, but what I am saying is now it's gone so far as taking down the, the founder statues and we can't change history. This, this nation, the founders had slaves. This nation mm -hmm. is founded on slavery. We can't change that. But by taking those down, now what we're saying is we don't respect the Constitution and we don't respect the laws put in place to keep this experimental country alive. And if we really want us to thrive and change, tearing down <laughs> the Founding Fathers is not the answer because now we're just saying, fuck the Constitution and let's have a revolution. Yeah, again. You know, yeah. and now innocent people are going to die because war is, is not the answer either. And so, I mean, that's kind of my frustrations and I understand again it's coming from a place of privilege I'm not feeling that oppression I'm not feeling that you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of hate and murder in this country and it is an inherited feeling I mean these black people it's passed down through generations it's they're already feeling it as a child and then they're, they're they go out into the world into the society and it's just as bad as what they're told it's like growing up so they're inheriting everything and so I get it I'm speaking from a place of privilege but at the same time I'm also speaking from a person or from, from a perspective that has lived overseas and that and has seen one of the worst things in human history get preserved and how well that was handled like Hands down, the Holocaust, everyone agrees, is one of the worst things to ever happen in human history. And they didn't destroy it. And I don't think it's going to happen again in Germany because they've also passed laws to make it extremely difficult to be a Nazi in Germany. Whereas in this country, <laughs> there's Nazis left Nazi and right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, switching gears, if I may, but also on the same lines. Um, I know this is like speaking from my place of privilege because it's like, oh, I think this is a great movie to like kind of jumpstart this. Maybe people you know, of color don't feel this way, but uh, I took my sisters to see the movie Zootopia the other night, mm -hmm. and it was, like, a drive-in movie and stuff. Oh. And so we went to go see it. They've already seen it before, and I went with Nick and my sisters, my boyfriend, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll probably do, like, a, a later on, do, like, an intro to this and kind of explain yeah. a little bit of, like, the people we're talking about, because I think yeah. we've just been throwing out names. Yeah. <laughs> but we, like, went there, and we were watching the movie, and I was like, wow, I forgot how political this movie it is. gets, mm -hmm. because Absolutely. it really... It's a great movie. It's oh, a great it is. movie. And I like, still haven't seen it. What? So, what? I don't yeah. want to give it Excuse away. Excuse you, after this podcast, you're <laughs> making Gigi watch Zootopia. She I even has give Disney it away, Plus. But no basically, Gigi, True. like, the main <laughs> character is a bunny, but she, <laughs> she wants to be a cop, because she wants to change how things are, and she wants to show that even though she's a prey animal she can do a job that a predator could do right and in the movie they talk about how predators are discriminated against for being predators and they're like it's their biology like blah they're blah they're always blah. more aggressive yeah they're and then like yeah it sounds like a defense of men to me well no no, no. and like then the at analogy. one point she realizes that like she has her own implicit bias because like she's kind of fearful of like certain predators yeah. and kind of waits for them to like do something because that's what she's been taught and then at one point, she's like, I am not just your token bunny. Like, I'm also here. Like, she says things, and I, that I is was like, mm -hmm. yeah, and I was, and she, what she said, oh, she was like, it's okay for other bunnies to call us cute, but it's not okay for, like, other animals to call us cute. And I was, like, looking over at Nick, and we were kind of like, 
And then yeah. they're like, yeah, because I've seen this movie, but every time I see it, I'm like, I pick up new things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, it's great that like 24 year olds watching this movie recognize it, but I would love it if my 10 year old sisters knew what that was. Did you guys also only 10, they're really young, so it's a good conversation. Well, yeah, to and so have. then I, yeah. yeah, and so I thought about it and I was like, well, you know what, this is targeted as a kid's movie, so like, mm-hmm. why shouldn't we be talking about yeah. it? Like, mm-hmm. it's I a great it. time to talk about it. And so I was like, you know, they're my sisters, so. I think that's something I would like to be a part of, but it's not my role to just introduce this, like, conversation. Like, I don't know. I know my mom and stepdad have already talked to them about, like, all kinds of things, and they're super inclusive. Um, But I just, I didn't know how to touch that yet, so I was like, I didn't want to be like, do you guys know what that's referencing? Like, do you understand that, like, Black Lives Matter is going on right now? Like, that's a lot to get into with 10-year-olds watching a movie, you know? But yeah, it's, like, yeah. but we should. Like, we should no, get to that yeah. place where that is, like, in education, that's in the schools, mm-hmm. that's something that they're not even having to be explained to because it's been told since they were little. Like, they start growing well, up like, and learning, you know? And I've always argued that racism is taught. So if we can, oh, te- yeah. if we can yeah. teach racism, also, why can't we unteach it? It's it's taught, but it's also kids know. Like mm-hmm. my well, they my, pick up on behavior. My they eight, see. my eight yeah. year olds, like when COVID was just starting. You're right. Like they pick up on behaviors. Like every day they'd ask, "Are we having school? Are we gonna yeah. have school? Where's the hand sanitizer?" My mom, or like they would make comments like, "Oh, my mom said that." that COVID happened because a Chinese man ate a frog and we would have to talk about it. Wasn't it a bat? Okay, but all of that is a little Besides the point of whatever a Chinese man ate, <laughs> um, like my kids hear that again from their parents. Like they said, like literally, like, my dad said this, my mom said this. Yeah. And so like, I think like Jamie bring up a good point. Like maybe it, it seems like a really heavy topic to talk about kids, but they already know it. Yeah. yeah. You know, they already have questions about it. So mm-hmm. why not let them ask those questions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not already make them not afraid to talk about black lives? Like for me, like honestly, it's still really whenever the news is on in my house and we talk and we hear Black Lives Matter, for me I get really like anxious to bring it up but then like mm-hmm. for my growth my own growth like whenever my parents make a comment I take a deep breath mm-hmm. and I try really hard to not just be silent and talk about it but um maybe because that's again like my own Asian upbringing mm-hmm. of yeah. being really scared to talk about these things with my parents but um yeah I lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> it's but, okay it happens um, to the best of us yeah, like, I think if we start those conversations for, as kids, like you said, then mm-hmm. they can grow up into being more comfortable to talk mm-hmm. about it. Like, there are books, like, literally, mm-hmm. yeah. there are books to talk about racism for different age groups. There well, there's books, even books yeah. to talk about, about LGBTQ. Well, yeah. like, like, you remember that yeah. book that, uh, showed us? Yeah, uh, Tango the, Makes Two. Oh, yeah. Takes Two to Tango or something so, like, like that. my sisters Tango actually, we, like, talked about this stuff with them when they were, like, maybe, like, three or four. Like, we started yeah. talking about, mm-hmm. like you know, different types of relationships, different, you know, sexualities. And we did talk about, like, race and stuff like that. And I think they know, but, like, the subtleties, you know, like, that stuff goes over their heads a little bit. And that happens, like, when you're 10. Like, you're not going to be like, token bunny, that has to do with, like, being a token, you know, person of color in the group. It's like, obviously, you're not going to be like, do you guys know what that means? Pause the movie. Like, what does that mean? You know, but it's like, but 
you want them to ask those questions so that you can talk about it because it's like you want them to kind of pick up on it more than just the surface level like everybody's equal and people have different skin colors and yeah they all have fun like it's it's more than that the world isn't that simple exactly so I think like those conversations can evolve over time and that's kind of up to like obviously everybody's personal you know way of doing that but I think as like educators we have like a responsibility to be um open about those Mm -hmm. things and Mm -hmm. and And we have to talk about it yeah well that's just it education unfortunately in this country and personally this is my conspiracy brain I think is purposeful but education has been torn apart in this country and I think all of us can kind of agree on that in this in this circle is that education is not what it should be in this country Mm -hmm. and if you want positive change if you just want a good well-rounded society it starts at education because if you have an uneducated populace, you have an ignorant populace. Mm-hmm. And what did you know George Orwell say in 1984? Ignorance is strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, ignorance is easy to manipulate and yep. to control. And you know, that's my conspiracy brain right there. Is like, well, they're, we're we're being controlled, whether it's by corporations or by the fascist <laughs> government that we have or whatever. Like we're being controlled because we're uneducated whether it's purposeful or unpurposeful we're being controlled because we're uneducated and i'm not even saying everyone has to go and get a college degree because i don't believe that i'm talking about k through 12 like our education system is so weak compared to other countries in the world and i mean it's the main reason why we still have a healthcare issue in this country. <laughs> why we still have politicians who can lie to us and convince us that they're going to change things and somehow things either stay the same or get worse. You know, it's because we're not educated and we don't know how to critically think about things. And we're so easy to t- jump the gun, which goes back into cancel culture and why it's so easy that cancel culture came about. And like you said, it's easy and it's lazy because an educated person isn't necessarily, I mean, again, there's exceptions with every rule, but an educated person isn't necessarily going to take the easy route mm-hmm. because they want to think critically about everything because they were taught to because you have to analyze things before you make a decision well if i may yeah just go for it. <laughs> the educator i in the feel group. like that's where things are leaning towards that's what i've meant like our kids that's what common core is and that's why i really hate the flack against common core is because i think i've heard of what are you talking about? Like Common Core math. You know how people oh. are like, math has changed. It's supposed to be like this. Oh, this, this, this. Yeah. oh right, right, right. It's, it's not that it's changed. It's that it's deconstructed because there's not one way to do math. Mm-hmm. Because there's not one kid who learns one way. It teaches the kid to think critically. Right. Like we, like word problems suck because, again, like you said, like we hate thinking. Mm-hmm. But now in, I teach second grade, or I did, and that's, a lot of what we did yeah word problem mm-hmm. word problem word problem group work collaboration mm-hmm. because now i feel like education is leaning towards the value of critical thinking the value of like well i'm my glad kids, to hear that <laughs> my kids literally like they research yeah they, they yeah. cite their sources they write papers but can you say the same about our generation and the generation before us well no because yeah it was that's the thing like that's mm-hmm. why there was so much flack against common core because it's yeah. like oh it's step by step by step yeah mm-hmm. but that, what i'm saying is there's hope right no <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not saying there's no hope i'm just saying it makes sense why we're at the place we're at because our education system has been torn down for generations i mean you look at the education our parents got compared to the education we got 
so different. So different. They learned so many more things. And, and the boomers can think a little bit more critically on things. Um, I mean, I don't know if all your parents are boomers, but my parents are boomers. Um, but, you know, it... It has been happening for a long time. I'm not saying there's not hope because I do, because of you and what you do. Jamie's... I'm sorry, Jamie. No, it's okay. I'm getting a hot flash. <laughs> 24 years old. It's like oh 95 today. I'm like yeah, so it's, sensitive to the heat. It's, it's hot. bizarre, but also to the cold. Sorry, this is the most <laughs> private location I could find. Behind you, bitch. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, no, but like... With education, I'm, I'm, I know more about what's happening in education with the young kids today because you're in it. But as for, like, the education I see for our generation and older... And I can't speak for, like, honestly, I honestly can't speak for above seventh grade. Right. <laughs> Especially, like, college. Like, I oh, can't. Yeah. I can't, but... Yeah. But that kind of segues. So, do you guys consider yourself... Because we're on the cusp, all of us. Jamie, I think... Is Jamie's <laughs> older than us. <laughs> what? I, like, I know, but you you're the only one actually born in ninety five, so I think you're you might be considered the cutoff. I've seen so many articles and debates on where the cutoff oh, for millennial yeah. is. But do you guys consider yourselves millennial or generation Z? Because we're millennial. right on yeah. the cutoff. I think millennial. I think I'm a millennial. Just because like I feel that like kinda like that angst. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, I remember the 90s. And Me also, too. I just don't connect with Something... I don't get yeah. that. <laughs> well, here's something that my brother said. He and he pointed out to me, or it wasn't my mom. I don't remember, but someone pointed out. They said, "This is how you determine if you're millennial." Did 9/11 affect you in any way? Do you remember it? Did it affect you? I mean, like, I remember it, but I was mm-hmm. like five. Yeah. So yeah. how would it like? Well, if you remember it, then I think you're considered yeah. millennial. Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember my it. My parents coming home and telling me about it, and they were like so distraught. And I remember like being so concerned about it because I was like yeah mm-hmm. I, was I remember like, oh being gosh. upset yeah but I don't really re- I don't I don't think I understood I why I remember the adults around yeah me. but isn't a yeah. millennial like you're also breaking into a new wave of like technology advancements yeah like, I think that's more of what I like would that. consider the people after us that was like a normalized that, yeah. like my sisters my brother I born think with this. an iPad like I swear <laughs> yeah. my mom birthed them and then an iPad came out <laughs> after her like, like I don't necessarily remember dial up but I do yeah. remember, oh God, I remember having to sh- I remember when wifi was I a, remember was, the was internet a, yeah I remember the internet when it was like a cord yes. that you had to plug into your yeah. computer okay, and if you, you had a landline <laughs> if you had a landline you could like be on the phone while yeah. someone you had to get a separate cord yeah. you, you have to call after nine o'clock to get free minutes yes! Yes! I, remember, I do remember that yeah, yeah. i do remember that yeah i oh i gosh. consider myself millennial but i will say i am extremely proud millennial. and happy to see what generation well, Z yeah, is doing like what they did with the trump rally oh, oh i thought that was mean but at the same time no, i'm like well deserves he's it. Kind of deserves it. an asshole yeah <laughs> well like he had a tr- but also it's freaking <laughs> a pandemic why oh, is he yeah. freaking having a true. rally in a pandemic? True. People are out protesting to save lives. Why is he having yeah. a, pan- er, a rally in a oh, pandemic? What was he doing? I did not. Well, he's he more has, concerned about winning winning the presidency. He had anything. a rally, and like like for his presidency. Oh my god! Was it on TikTok? Was that how they did it? I think so. Yeah. And also like also like K-pop fans. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's a whole nother thing that I am very passionate and like kind of angry about about because 
Anyways, yeah. I won't get into yeah. it. Yeah. We'll get yeah. into it after you no, finish we, this we thought, and then we'll get okay. into it because it's important to you. And I want you to talk about it. <laughs> um, but anyways, so he had a rally, like, for his presidency, and a bunch of um, Gen Z? It was Gen Z. Okay, Gen yeah. Z's. Like, the tickets were free, so they, like, oh, signed up, and then... They said, oh, I can't go this day because I have to go walk my community. Well, they just weren't <laughs> planning on going. That's, like, the nicest thing you could do. That's... Wait, for Trump? what do you mean? No, they basically, what they did is they made it impossible for Trump supporters to actually go because they reserved all the seats. Yeah. So there weren't as... Because they weren't planning on going. And they were planning <laughs> on preventing people That's from going. Great. Yeah. That, that was still nice. Clever. They yeah. saved all those lives from COVID. I thought it was going to be like they tried to, like, burn him to no. the ground. No. No. No, no but, but they, like, they let, like, they let... They had, I think the people, like, prepared a whole big stadium, and then... They, they did, yeah, and then yeah. and then they got there, and there was, like, only no, a couple of thousand people, amazing. because Not all the seats are reserved or whatever, yeah. and the kids didn't show up, because they weren't planning on showing up, and they posted <laughs> it all on TikTok, and they were, like, on TikTok, they were, like, I got the tickets, I got the tickets, and it was, like, this big thing on TikTok, and... Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if we're, like, supporting bias in this podcast, but, like, clearly not a Trump supporter, but, um, I think that's <laughs> We're supporting whatever you want to support on this podcast, because exactly. this podcast I is about women, Do and not support Trump, and I'll let that statement <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Let the record be clear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone in this group, no. I mean, I'm speaking for Supports. myself, I'm not a Trump supporter. Trump. Um... What's worrying me is I am someone that's in the conspiracy community, um, and I am someone who pays close attention to the conspiracy community, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this. I know Dolly is aware of it, because her mom is also someone who pays attention to the conspiracy community. Um, but the conspiracy community has somehow turned Trump into the savior. That's what my, my friend, who was also part of the, he's just like, don't, oh. like, last, last, President of Sochi's they're just like, they want Hillary to win. They want Hillary, like, whoever's in charge wants Hillary to yeah, win. So they, the fact yeah. that Trump won means that, like, I don't know, like, the people yeah. or something and I, like that. And I was just like, I don't know what you're saying to me right now. I'm I do agree with that in the sense of Hillary is the Democrats, the Republicans, all of them. They're all part of the machine. And Trump isn't. But that's where my agreement stops. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know he's not part of the machine, clearly, because the media is part of the machine, and the media is bashing on him left and right. So clearly they don't like him for whatever reason. Unless that's all part of it, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It could be as well. Ooh. See, maybe you should be part of the conspiracy Paradox. community. <laughs> Paradox. Yeah, but what's happening is, so in the conspiracy community, they believe in the Illuminati or the Cabal. You guys would know it as the Illuminati. Um, but in the conspiracy community, they're called the cabal, and they control the world, and they control the planet, and they control the meat. They control everything, right? And um, and so Trump isn't part of the cabal, so he has to be part of the alliance, which is this. Mm. It's a it's a it's basically just the the anti cabal group. What if he's just awful? Like what if he's not that's what I'm exactly. saying. In my mind, I'm like he's just awful, and he's out for his own gain, yeah, and he's he taking. Yeah, he doesn't about no. They're like exactly. he clearly has to be a good person. Like, because he's no, not, no, he has so no motivation. So if he's not part of the cabal, therefore he's a good person. I'm like, why why are we suddenly saying A plus B must equal C? Because there's a lot of other letters in the fucking yeah. alphabet. Yeah, yeah, common core people. That's <laughs> yeah. So Gosh. that's basically what's happening, Sorry. and um, it's very scary to me because I don't personally believe that, and unfortunately by being someone who has been part of the conspiracy community for a while, I feel like now I'm 
you know, if, if I come out to people that I believe in the conspiracy theories or that or some of them or come out as talking about it, then suddenly I'm a Trump supporter mm-hmm. because it's, he's now being associated as the savior and the conspiracy mm-hmm. community's backing him up because he's anti-5G and 5G is causing COVID and all this stuff and, you know, all these conspiracy theories. And, you know, I'm like, just because he's anti-cabal does not mean he's ally. Mm-hmm. Like, he could just be on his own mission yeah. doing his own but thing. conspiracy theorists are known to go off of the grid of what people think. So you don't subscribe to any way of thinking. Like, you... That's fair. You know? <laughs> the, the, like, you're off the, I feel like that's not... Like, one conspiracy theorist is not every conspiracy But you guys exactly. know me and you know that about me. But if I were talking to a stranger yeah. about my the, the things I believe in in this conspiracy community... They don't know that I'm also critical of the conspiracy community, so then they could jump to the association that I'm a Trump supporter. Well, are there different conspiracies? Like, there's different There's so many. Like, there's yeah. so many different there's conspiracy so theories, but so it's people, all part yeah. of the same community. Well. I mean. But that's like fine. saying no, fine. that, like, women are all a community, but if one woman does something, it represents all the others. That's you know? true, but unfortunately with what's that's happening. The only with group the I could cons- think that's safe because <laughs> I am a woman, so I was like. <laughs> That's true, but what's happening is that society society is sort of linking the conspiracy community into one. It's these crazy anti-COVID people who choose not to wear the masks because it's 5G. And it's it's like, um, wait a minute, but there are so many other... And and QAnon. Have you guys heard about QAnon? Oh, my God. I freaking hate QAnon. Um, I think it's all just part of the whole... Ugh, I hate QAnon. But, um... But what's happening is, is like, there are still a lot of people, like Regina, um... Uh, Regina Jort. That's all her name. Mm-mm. Regina Jort. I always forget her name. Saying, yeah. I it's saying it's Regina, Regina. Her name is Regina. <laughs> her last name I always forget, and she's my favorite journalist within the community, within the conspiracy community. And she is so critical of everything, which is why I like her so much, because she's in it, but she's like, uh, but why don't we question this? Why don't we question it? Like, let's not just jump off on the same boat together and just go sailing. Like, we need to question everything. And she questioned QAnon, and she was the first person at that point that I had come across in the community that questioned QAnon. Because to me, it seems like, including David Wilcock, mm. everyone is worshiping QAnon, and QAnon is all factual, all in, but we don't even know who freaking QAnon is. It's another anonymous group. And we don't know who's who's running it. We don't know who it is. We don't know where this information's coming from, but they're a whistleblower, so therefore... They're on the side of the alliance. And it's like, uh, but they haven't, nothing's been proven that they've said. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. are they a whistleblower? A whistleblower is someone where what they say, it's proven to be correct. They've been mm-hmm. able to prove it, so therefore you're a whistleblower. Yeah. You know? And, like, at least in the, in the community. Um, but, like, with QAnon, it was never, at least from my perspective, it was never proven. And so, it's still not proven. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows who they are, but yet the whole community is rallying behind them and like, like yeah, they and they're obviously truth. big Trump supporters QAnon because everything they say is in defense of, of Trump and and like they're saying that Trump is trying to expose the Obamas and and what they really did and it's like okay, I wasn't a fan, the biggest fan of the Obamas. I didn't really like Obama's foreign policy, but like that's a deep rabbit hole that I don't want to get into because for me the reason why I'm part of the conspiracy community is not so much that like the cabal is taking over the world and everything, but it's because I'm a spiritual human and some things as a spiritual human I question. And so they kind of go hand in hand in that way. But that doesn't mean I eat up 
yeah. every single thing that the, the community says. And what's really scary is now they're all rallying behind Trump. Yeah. At that least it feels that scary. way. Yeah. And, you know, not to make light of this important thing, but my ass is sweating. Can we normalize <laughs> ass sweat? Like, we yes, don't talk about normalize that. Normalize ass, ass sweat. sweat. Or boob sweat. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Boob <laughs> you know sweat. What? My boobs were so sweaty the other day, and I was like, nobody fucking talks about boob sweat anymore. <laughs> like, can we solve boob Did sweat? Did they ever, though? Can we solve it? No, I know, I say like, anymore, I but I don't remember a time. I mean, like, can you solve, like, sweat? Yeah. <laughs> no, not solve it, so. but, like, Let's Nobody. just talk about it. Let's normalize it. Like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Well, it kind of, well, thank you for bringing it up because it kind of goes back into what we were talking about before the podcast with women, which is a topic I really do want to touch, you know, in this you know, conversation. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I didn't but mean like, to you know what I hate is like, you know one because like, okay, I just had to recently deal with this last summer because I have to just, for pre- for pre- for pre- for pre- <laughs> I understood everything. It was German. I think it was a little German in there. Yeah, that was I got pig Latin, but it's Oh, fine. okay, okay, great. I have to dress professionally oh, yes. as an educator, and so I wear a lot of dresses and skirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I head straight to school, and they have the little plastic, like, chairs. Oh. So then I get up to use the potty, oh. and I look up, and I see my ass sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, friends, oh, keep looking at the teacher, because that's embarrassing yeah no I have that all the time and especially since my stepmom absolutely hates me wearing shorts in the first place like she I've noticed that the last trip I was there I noticed (laughs) that the last trip I was there is that like every time we would sit down to eat and I would give up get up she has either leather chairs or the restaurant has like yeah specific chairs where you can you can see your butt can we get rid of those chairs you can they're so rude come on people like it's just like saying i know your butt's sweaty sit on me like i'm gonna show you and everybody here so yeah and my stepmom would be like this is why you're wearing those booty shorts this is what happens and that's like okay one i don't even wear booty shorts these are just regular shorts that i put on you she's wearing now and i have an ass but there's a booty like Thank you. But your butt isn't hanging out. They go to like mid thigh. They do. So it's like these are these are somewhat even conservative for me. And I'm like, and I love them. They're great. But she's like, this is why you're wearing this is what happens when you wear booty shorts. I was like I keep my mouth shut because anything I even bring up, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Here's my theory with your stepmother, and I have not met her, so I don't have the right to say this. But however, (laughs) I am very protective of my friends. So here we go. (laughs) <laughs> you're so Amy, horrible. if you're listening, just <laughs> wait. I don't recommend this podcast to you. <laughs> you think I, I don't want to shit talk her because this isn't a place to shit talk women. No, no, um, it's not. This but is, here's here's what I've noticed, courage. and I I wish that would change with Amy. She or women like this in general. Women okay? like this. Women in like this is about growth, right? This exactly. is about this growth. Is growth. This particular woman uh, is a white woman. (laughs) I don't know why I say it like that. I love saying it like that. Um, She's blonde, isn't she? She is blonde. She's blonde. She's white. Not that that has anything to do with it. But I'm painting a picture. Okay. (laughs) I'm painting a picture. Um, And I I feel like I have right to judge because I'm a white woman. I can judge my own race, right? Is that allowed? No, if I spit on your microphone, that's your own fault. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but, like, she 
I don't I don't think she's ever been truly, truly exposed to women of color. Like, maybe they come into her vicinity when she's out shopping. Or probably, I think she works with a lot of... Or works, but she's never had someone in her life that she's close to who is a woman of color who looks like an exotic ethnic woman of color. Is it rude to, like, relate something to, like, something like, that's just like this? It's not, but it's like... Like, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, how, like, Carmen, her stepmom, is like that with her, and, like... Dude, your stepmom totally is Carmen's stepmom. Not that you stepmom. are, like, in that. I'm just saying, like, that's what that makes me think of. Okay, like, I saw that movie, like, years Like, it's ago. not, it's not oh intentional. Oh, my God. Okay, great. What? It's such a good oh my movie. gosh. Basically, <laughs> Carmen's stepmom, she doesn't do it on purpose, but Carmen feels it, because... Her stepmom is, like, the perfect, like, suburban mom, mom would you With, like, her two little, like... Perfect Boy and girl, white children with like yeah. blonde blue. Like it's just and they're skinny and they're small and not they're that those are bad things to be, but just no. like this is the comparison that mm-hmm. like she's coming from right a mixed household. Her dad's white, her mom's and she, Mexican, and, and she kind of unintentionally makes Carmen feel less than yeah for she, being voluptuous yeah. and full figured and beautiful but whatever she was trying to um, fit like her like because she was getting married to carmen's dad so yeah her stepmom and so like she was trying to fit her for like a bridesmaid's dress and like her daughter like fit into the dress perfectly or whatever mm-hmm. and then she was trying to like fit carmen into it and she was like it's not working for my body type like yeah. it's just not working for me but it's you know whatever like it's fine and she was like kind of making her feel like bad about it and it yeah. was like she like kind of like called it out like and like oh well that's okay, like, well, you know, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Okay, like, I don't know, like, that kind of stuff. So, it was, like, she didn't really realize that, like... But in Carmen's defense, she was pissed about the divorce between her parents, and so she was also taking it out on the stepmom, which she acknowledges at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, so it just was bad on both parts. But I haven't seen you interact with your stepmom. All I know is what I hear. And the thing is, though, is that I know that if you have... If you ever meet my stepmom... I will bite my tongue. Well, not because only will you, 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 but the thing is, it's like, she puts on this facade in front of all of my friends. Facade. Facade, thank you. In front of all of my friends. Yeah, like, I have introduced her. Yeah, to yeah. two of my other friends, and one of my friends is an Indian, and not that, not that this has anything to do with it, but one of my friends is Indian, and another of my friends that I introduced was uh, another, you know, white girl, blonde hair, you know, um, but, like, I introduced both of them to Amy, and she just put on this facade of just like being the nice stepmom who you know who is who's um caring and kind and tries to look after me yeah but i usually see through that but mm, mm. but see she's real good she's real good i know but i know her uh, now <laughs> <laughs> and like and then she'll turn around and she'll be just like oh your boobs are hanging out your your shirt's a little too tight maybe you should oh, get so another she's like, extra she's like in front of you he seems perfectly fine but when you're not around it's dig dig, close. dig dig oh, dig yeah. dig and Real he close. does dig in front of you but it's like smaller little things that are just like yeah that. or like i recently went pescatarian and she got Ooh. so upset so what? upset that i was changing her How lifestyle dare you exactly change her way and she's like about well that. you should have told me because you know our household caters to my to my strict Ew. diet of just protein and i was like okay what? yeah Okay, yeah, maybe I should have given you a warning ahead of time, but, but this it is also... But it affect her. You can exactly. have a car, you can go grocery Exactly, that's shopping. exactly what I told her. I was just like, 
we have a grocery store three minutes You're away. I have a car. Mm-hmm. I can go buy myself some seafood. You're like, you don't have go to my- digest this food. <laughs> I will be doing the chewing. You don't I have to eat it to me. Like, this isn't a bird situation where I yeah. chew it up and put it in your mouth. Oh, yeah. God, yes. So it was just my like, food. And I told her, I was like, it's not a big deal. I stood up for myself this time. I was I'm like, it's not a big deal that I'm going pescatarian. Um, so, like, I can go do these things, and you can just stay home, and that's fine. And she was like, well, well, I have to go find something in the freezer. And I'm like, no, I already no. looked in the freezer. It's fine. I'm going to go to the grocery store. Yeah. She's like, well, I guess I have to come with you now. And I was what? like, why? Oh, my gosh. And she's like, well, I, I have things to do. And I was like, okay. Then take your own car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. But she's she just, just took it. Literally. And I think she took it personally that I was changing my own diet. And I don't know why, but it was like I hate that I'm gonna say this because I hate no hate Karen. Don't do it. But she's a Karen. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the other word, but that's okay. What other? Why do you hate Karen? The other c word. C word. Oh no, I will. I will never call a woman that ever. Okay. Ever. Good. I was. I was. I was like, it's not that. It's not that bad. It's not that serious. Not that serious. No, I would never call a woman that. I hate that word. I hate Karen because it. It's being used, especially by men on social media, as a way to belittle all women. Mm-hmm. If there's something you say that a man disagrees with, okay, Karen. I've never oh, seen also, it like that. I've I heard, <laughs> Okay, I also heard that Karen originally was used to represent, like, a very, like, like outwardly, like, racist and ignorant yeah. person. Oh. And now it's becoming more of, like, oh, like, Karen, like, the soccer mom. Yeah. And that's how I was hearing it. That's so how I was, I was like, referencing it. things. And people are like, that's a really serious, like, thing. Mm, because, yeah. like, Karen originally was supposed to represent, like, this really, like... But it's also a really common name, which is now ruining the name for women. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, too. These poor, poor kids Karen. are going like, I know. They're yeah. like, please. Uh, like, in uh, 2021, no kids were I know. Karen. Like, yeah. there was a weird, like, decrease in I mean, name. like... I mean, I personally have a friend named Karen, and she she just thinks it's funny. No, so, that's fair. Okay. luckily, like... I mean, like, I get it. Like, you could be offended, especially if that's your name. But also, like... Well, I mean, anyone is going to be offended about anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. You can't... That's the problem that's with PC true. culture. Karen. Like... PC culture uh, PC is part of cancel culture, and PC culture needs to stop. And I'm not saying that Karen should necessarily stop. I just personally wouldn't use it. Wouldn't use it and don't really just, care for it. There's yeah, because I was using of, it for a while, and I was like, okay, so Karen. Many things but, you can't say now. Can't yeah. say sensitivities. Yeah. Political culture. It's like I get it. I get where it's coming from, but I hate that people have to like not know what they feel anymore because they're like oh if I, if I say that am I well, bad it's just if I producing feel confusion like, for people yeah. yeah but I think that's where education again can yeah. come oh, in yeah. and be really helpful full circle yeah, yeah. yeah. no and I, I fully admit that it's a personal issue of mine with Karen like it's not Karen is I'm not you're like I, Karen type. I don't the like Karen, Karen but you can like Karen yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's it, I don't I don't mind it when it's used appropriately yeah um mm-hmm. But I don't like it when I see it used on social media as a way for men to belittle Mm -hmm. women. Because it is happening. And they're using it in a way of, like, as an excuse for them to continue their behavior. Of, like, well, you're just being a Karen. Mm -hmm. That's gross. And that's gross. And it's like, no, I'm standing up for myself. Mm -hmm. Why isn't there a male version? So we can be like... I think there is. I think it's um, Chad. That's not better. It's Chad. Oh, that's true. You're being a Chad. You're being a Chad. Oh, poor Chad. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know, Chadifer. I know. I miss him. I miss him. Chadifer. The Chads and Karens are so Wait, now I'm getting itchy jamie. Yeah, I, I know. Mosquito <laughs> too. Like, like uh, No, but like I wanna bring it back to your uh, to your stepmom. Step-mom. My my thing with your step-mom, stepmom is from my perspective, I have not met the woman. But it seems like she has not had a woman in her life that she is close to that is a woman of color who is not naturally supposed to be built like a skinny, tall, white person. Well, she has a really good friend who... No, she's white. But she <laughs> but she is, is quite voluptuous, voluptuous and quite curvy. And so it's just... But she doesn't just, just comment on your boobs and your butt. She comments on your hair. She comments oh, on your yeah. behavior. She comments on every little thing. And most of those things have to do with things you can't control. It's your DNA. Or things that it's like, well... You're acting the way you would because of your heritage and your culture. Yeah, and that's another thing that, that makes it really hard to even talk about with my dad is because I also have him talking to my stepmom, and my stepmom actually, you know, says things, and my dad kind of just keeps it to himself. But then he tells my stepmom about things that I've said, Aww. and then she'll comment on it. So it's like I've kind of stopped telling your dad telling my dad things because i know that he will tell my stepmom and it's it's kind of ruining our relationship but i mean our relationship hasn't been good in the first place but only recently have i decided just to like you know what like i love myself not no not even filter myself it's kind of unfilter myself Oh, just say, like, whatever you want? Just say whatever I want, because, like, I love my dad, and I miss him, and I miss our relationships. I don't get to see him as often, because he, you know, he works so much, and he just does a lot of things. He also lives in another state. Yeah, I mean, that too. But, like, (laughs) um, yeah, but, like, and by this point in my life, I'm just like, Amy will always be Amy, and I can change I can do that. I know she might not change, but I can change. And I would like to have a, a better relationship with my dad. So, I mean, why am I going to let her... Plus, it would mean her... it would be a more authentic relationship as well if you are being yourself and, yeah. and saying how you feel and, and your truths and everything like that. Yeah, and, and I don't want Amy to, to be an obstacle in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I know she's not leaving, and I know I'm not leaving. So, they're just... I have to change but I'm going to have to take it Which is a as positive like a way for women to handle <laughs> conflicts and not this catty uh, bullshit that yeah. doesn't help the situation with the patriarchy because if, if we want respect from men, we have to respect each other. And that's kind of the basis of this podcast. Is mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a safe community for women to boost each other up. And it's, like you said, it's a place of growth. So, yes, we need to point out things that we do wrong. Um, and Amy's a perfect example of that. <laughs> I, I don't hate Amy. I don't necessarily have anything against her. I just don't appreciate the way she treats one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm extremely protective of you guys because you're my closest friends of my whole life. Aww. And um, And the healthiest relationships I've had when it comes to friends. And so I'm very protective of that. And anyone who harms any of you guys, like, I come on full mama bear. And I'm like, you need to fuck off. You know? And it doesn't matter if they're male, female, black, white, whatever. If you are attacking my family, because you guys are my family, then mama bear's coming out. And, like, that's just how I am. And I think that's why I come off a little aggressive with Amy. Because, like, 
she says and does things that you tell me and I'm just like I want to go in there and <laughs> guns and drive to Vegas yeah and tell her off myself uh. as a white woman to another white woman you know like you need to knock it off <laughs> Karen oh gosh. well I think we kind of wrapped up on anything is there any last minute things that people want to pipe in or say you know, any messages? Mm-hmm. I do have one final question um, for all of you, if you guys are all mm-hmm. good and feeling confident in what you've shared. Um, I think I want to end every podcast this way, every episode, but I want to go around the table and I want you guys to share with the group one thing that you really, really like about yourself. Ooh. <laughs> uh, why did you have to throw the curveball? So. That's, a, that's a really telling thing that women do not like to do that. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm doing it. I mean, some women probably do, but... For the most part, though, as, as a... I think as, it's uncomfortable sometimes. It is, because we're taught to not hate good. ourselves, to not like ourselves, that we're not good enough, that... And, and I mean, that, that's our media telling us that, because they're marketing products to us that we need to buy to better ourselves, right? And so I want to focus on things that, you know, isn't negative, that is positive, because... Fuck society. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Did you go first? Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, Pave the path. <laughs> let's see. One thing I really like about myself. I like how passionate I am. I think that it can get me in trouble sometimes. Um, but for the most part, I think it shows the world that I care. And that... You know, I might be wrong sometimes, and I might be really passionate about that thing, but I'm also willing, you know, to admit when I'm wrong, because I, f- I feel like I am a pretty open-minded person, and I'm, I'm always open to learning and hearing other perspectives, and when something bad happens to somebody, I get very passionate <laughs> about defending that person. Um, so I like, I like my passion, even if it gets me in trouble sometimes. I don't, I don't ever want that to go away, and like calm down and because it, it does take passionate people I think to provoke change mm-hmm. you know what about you Jamie nice no no <laughs> yeah. why did you pop yes. the ball yes. yeah. why did you pop I went me? first so I um, I I'm, like, blanking for some reason, but... Well, it's hard to think about the positive when we're constantly thinking about the negative. And it's, like, how do you frame it? Like, I don't know. No judgment. Yeah. Just go. It's a safe space. I don't know. I'm trying to think. There's that trick. There's that trick where you go, think of something really fast. Three, two, one. Bam. You just have to say it. I just thought of potatoes. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I don't. Like, that's not, not... I don't... I mean, I like potatoes, but that's not nothing to do. Anyway, um, I like that I that I am an empathetic person. I feel like I'm very sensitive, which can be bad and good for me sometimes. But I like that I have that part of me that can be very like um, empathetic to people and creatures because I feel like I connect with people that way, and it's like what makes me feel authentic. So, yeah. Thanks. Love it. Thanks. What about you, Alyssa? Um, what I like about myself is I feel like 
I'm kind of bandwagoning off of Jeej, but um, that I'm kind of living my dream right now. Woo! Like, yeah, girl. <laughs> we love a girl who's living her dream. Yes. <laughs> For the Snaps. most part, like, I went to the program that I wanted to. I grow. I feel like personally, I've grown so much, and I can say that I like myself. And Yay. I don't think I could have said that a couple of years ago, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like where I'm at. I'm very... I couldn't even have said I like where I'm at a month ago because I did not like where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I'm in a good spot right now and I'm living my dream. I'm going to get my dream job. Yay. Just signed my paperwork today. Yes, Woo! queen. Yes. And so, yeah. Yay. Love That's it. Awesome. Last but certainly not least, Miss Dalvia. I actually thought of it really early on. Well, then why didn't you go first? Because I didn't want to obstruct anybody uh, else's thinking, uh, and I was like waiting my turn. <laughs> I was. We were going in a circle. I was waiting. Did you think of it before my turn or after? After your turn. Oh, okay, I'm not upset. So see, and then it was Jamie's turn, and I was like, I'm fine. I okay, and then I'm not upset. I'm like, you made me go when you already had an idea, and I didn't yet. It's fine. I thought of it, like, like right after and you. And then I wouldn't have said the potato thing. So it all happens very fast. So um, I think I'm pretty welcoming. I just Ooh, kind yes. of, like, Ma'am. I like to open people with open arms, like not open people, like crack them like a clam or something. God, <laughs> we're no. not sociopaths. No, God. Um, but like open my arms to people, yeah. and I like to hear their stories. I, I really, I'm really interested in people's stories. I think, I think they're just so interesting compared to where I have come from, and and I also just like to talk to people. Um, but sometimes I'm quiet, so <laughs> it's it's like a balance of of me being like really extroverted and then I'll go introverted a little bit so it's I go up and down I think Um, you're just a really good listener oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) well no I'm like I'm like kind of adding on to that like you're saying I don't think it's like an extroverted introverted thing I Mm -hmm. think I think you are like a perfect balance but I think what you're mean but like you're hinting at is that you're just a really good listener Sure. I I just like to welcome people. I'm like really enthusiastic when I meet people. I'm like, oh my god, it's so nice to meet you guys. Like, hi, how are you? What major are you in? What year are you? How old are you? Because I'm probably older than you. Like, you're so young. You're the youngest one out of all of us. I know. I feel like in school, I'm really old. More than, like, I don't mean this as a diss to anybody else, but this is just from what I've observed. I have never met someone who doesn't like you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, impossible not to. Because, like, yeah. it's just, like, um, do you not like the sun? Do you not <laughs> oh, my like gosh. That's what it feels like. Like, you're just, like, this bright It's, like, radiating, light. Yeah. like, warmth and, like, love and beauty mm-hmm. and just, like, it's, like, meeting a hug in a person. <laughs> yeah, and then being, <laughs> like, like I don't like person, that. Like, like, you um, have to be a, a curmudgeon to not. Curmudgeon? To not, like, you guys have never heard that word? No, I heard that word. Yes, Miss called me a curmudgeon and I'll never forget oh my it. Gosh. It made me so mad. I said one thing so and she's like, salty, well, you're Jamie. just a curmudgeon, Jamie. And I was like, that would be I something curmudgeon. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, I am, but I don't want you to say it. <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah. Tyra, if you're listening, filter. I'm talking to you. Oh, God. Remember when she sent me and you out of the classroom? What? 
I'm really because she freaking oh she this will piss me off forever because I've never been outside of the classroom. Oh my god! Well, she to go together. That no, because nice. she asked. Oh, it was so the day where I she was remember. just like, was this like this? Was, I was sitting right oh, next to you guys. I don't remember you leaving. It was the day where she was like, we take reading books seriously. So if anyone didn't read the book, be honest right now and, go and we were outside. honest. Oh yeah, I went out. Oh my god! And we get punished because we were reading. Freaking whatever books and stage band together too. Like we were reading. We no. We had for another. We were always. I know for a fact Austin didn't. No, exactly. We were the only honest ones. Everyone else was a liar. I I lied, but I. Yeah. In my defense, when I didn't read, I read the Cliff Notes. Oh my god. By reading, yeah, I did that, but like. Yeah, Why I know she went like whoever actually read the book or something. Why like did that? Oh no, like every that that's person what we should have done. Honestly, like, is the best policy <laughs> because you are good people. <laughs> You're punishing us for being. Oh she literally punished the a good two shoes. Alyssa, we should have stood the front of the class and been like, you know who you are. <laughs> should have walked like, to the door and turned around. Been like, <laughs> really. Really? Okay. Well, I think it was sparked because the first period she had that day, no one had read it, and she started talking about it. And, and like, we were her fifth period by And now. we were her fifth period. So oh by that God. point, she had just been stewing on it. And, like, I think I think people had heard about it or something, and so, like, everybody, like, knew to not say anything. Mm-hmm. I you think I suspect that. This is if she sent everybody out who didn't admit <laughs> and be like, what? Like, at least you guys know that you didn't. Like, these people are trying to hide it. Like, at least we admitted it. It's like when you're like, oh, just tell me that you have this and I won't get well, you Well, the problem is, is we had all the really good bullshitters in our class. We had Rebel. We had Austin. I'm so Austin. good at that now. I <laughs> yeah, you, you weren't back then in, in your defense. I mean, I kind of was because there were times where I would, like, not read or not do things. And, oh, no, this was college. I remember, like... <laughs> Yikes. Never mind. Never mind. Take it all back. Oh I also am bitter. Oh, Ooh, what was that? Fireworks are people be wow. doing fireworks anyway. all damn week. Yeah. I'm going off on a tangent. Miss yeah, I'm sorry. That fine. was really random. She positivity. Was, she was I'm still angry. She was an awesome teacher, but she did have her moments. But also, I did like... catch her in the rye, and I did do a good book report on it. Anyway. Yeah, there were times when she would give me my grade back, and I'm like, I did really good on this. Let me just say, Catcher in the Rye is the only book that I think I ever read for, like, those, like, individual, like, projects that you had to do, like, presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Only book I read all the way through, okay? And I did a really good presentation, in my opinion, obviously. I love how passionate you are. I know. Yeah, because I was like, well, I know I'm getting an A on this one because I read the book. You know, and then I come in and I'm like, it's just a beautiful, like, paradigm of blah and she's like yeah that's you're reaching and i was like that was your interpretation (laughs) this is it my love of literature is over (laughs) there were things that she did like that that i didn't agree with where it's like you're sharing your interpretation of something and if she disagreed with you she'd be like you're wrong Mm -hmm. and it's like no but that no, no, I'm not. That's, that's my not interpretation. What, that's not what you asked me if I liked yeah. the book. Like, I mean, <laughs> my opinion. Yeah, like, and I said yes, and you don't, so I'm yeah. wrong. Like, yeah. it was oh. she had that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no but overall, she was a good teacher. It was just, when it came to your opinion, you were always wrong. Also, and you I got love, graded on that. I love how she would be talking in, like, her normal voice, and then all of a sudden she'd be like, yeah, so everybody... 
And if you think there's even a way. Oh, yeah. Like, that was her, like, intimidating voice. Like, if she yeah. wanted you to really listen, she was like, that's a teacher trick I learned, though. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Because there's raising your voice, but sometimes just quieting your voice brings kids in more. They're like, why is she? Are we? Are we? Like, what, what happened? We should, we should lean in. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh. Simone using reverse psychology. Is that what that is? But it also for kids, it's just like it makes sure like because when you yell, like kind of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. But if you whisper, kids are like, oh, cool. Oh, oh, oh. Because they're so loud, they don't hear louder. Yeah. They just hear Mm -hmm. quieter. They're like, what? Like that (laughs) level is quieter than ours. So what? Yeah. yeah. I think we're gonna end it on that note. Yeah. Before Jamie says something else she doesn't want to say. Yeah, as we go on a tangent about, like, all of our oh, high school experiences, all right. let's just well, call it. thanks, everyone, for listening, who tuned in. It was such a fun time. We have these conversations pretty regularly, but I think this is the first time we've ever recorded them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is pretty, I feel like for us, this is pretty PC, pretty, or not PC, PG. Yeah. This is pretty PG, PG for us. It, we can, we can get into it. I think so. We can get into some pretty raunchy things. This was a very things. mild conversation. Yeah, this was. Yeah. I think people were just very conscientious of the mic. So, um, so maybe it's, in the future right in when we're a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, like, in a sense of censoring yourself, bruh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited that we got to record this episode. Um, and I will see or hear or I don't really know the correct thing to say for a podcast. Catch you on the next one. Yeah, catch you on the outro. We're Are you gonna write the music for the podcast? Okay. No, that was good. That was good. That was good. Jamie's gonna write the music for the podcast. And Allegra Allegra has yet to send me the uh, art, so we're still in the early stages of the podcast going out. So at this point in time, there's no music yet, and we're waiting on the artist to send. We got Jamie. It's fine. Yeah. Bringing that jazz train back. Remember scatting in high school? I hated that so much. They were like, "Okay, everybody, like, take a take a second to scat," and I was like. I took a page from um, uh, Ella Fitzgerald and I just basically stole her stuff. Oh, oh my gosh. Gosh. Anyway. Okay, we really gotta go. Okay, so thank you for listening, <laughs> and you. I will thank catch you. you all in the next episode. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.